I, I know a lot of jokes have been made about how Kojima was just kind of filling out his autograph book with all these celebrities in his game. Yep. What if, rather than spending time and money modeling people, he has realized it is easier for him to kind of Willy Wonka-style scour the globe, finding the people he imagines or dreams of for his games, and scanning them? Like, so he's basic. So he's basically more than a signature gatherer. He's more like a toy collector. I I would say he's more like stealing identities almost. But like, <laughs> it's one of these things where it's like he has a dream and like he writes down the person in that dream and then goes out into the world and finds that person and then brings them back to his studio and goes, "You must be in my game or die." And then he scans them and then pushes them back out into the real world. Like, I now I, now I'm imagining he has a little like foxhound like group going around the world doing this duh like, like like hiding it at dinner parties a bunch of people in suits pop out and they, they you know they they throw a dart or shoot a little dart at some celebrity you know throw them in a bag yeah and then as when the celebrity wakes up they just see hideo kojima's smiling face yeah i, I i'm kind of with you on this one like I, it's i think he's realized one of the most expensive part of game development is the art, is kind of the art asset aspect of things. It's like, but what if I just capture art? What if I just take people and put them in my video game? Like, has anyone actually seen Guillermo del Toro in the last couple of years since Death Stranding got announced? Like, he's obviously just in that game now. He's been scanned in. <laughs> For me, it's like, I think he actually, I, I, you know, a lot of these actors that he's gathered, I haven't seen them, and, and granted, I don't, look at a whole lot of celebrity stuff but i haven't seen them out and about i think he just has them in a basement like he's a like i said kind of like a toy collector so he, i'm extrapolating has... what you're saying some but what i'm hearing is that game that death stranding is actually just a bunch of actors trapped on an island and <laughs> you're following a bunch of clones of norman reedus around with a variety of drones to play the game and like you think you're playing a video game but actually it's a bunch of actors with just like slave chips put in their brains or something. <laughs> and you're, they're just filming it. Yeah. They, they're just using a filter to make it look like CG. It's yeah. not actually CG. Yeah, Snapchat so, in there, kind of like gamifying it. So it's almost like the Marvel collector where he has human beings in tubes, like Howard the Duck and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that level. Yeah. And so what yeah. we're seeing is not the real. You know, no, what you are real? seeing is the real but it's being made to look like a game. Kojima's realized that, like, if he wants truly realistic game engine stuff, he just has to capture people and make them think they're playing a game. See, there's another game that actually does does that, like Let It Die. Yeah. You're, you're playing a game, in a sense, but you're actually controlling, like, sort of a zombie corpse. Yeah. Like, up, up an actual real tower. Yep. So... That's that's what I, that's what this is reminding me of. Well, yeah, so. Suda Fifty One is obviously involved in the technology behind Death Stranding because it's <laughs> obviously insane. Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast episode one six nine. Yes. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie when we when I save my file preemptively for this thing, I'm looking at going. Okay, which one of these chocolates is going to say nice after we say the episode number? I'm like, it's, I'm pretty sure it's Alex, but I've got to give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe Henry will be faster, but it's going to be Alex. Nope, 
you should be always disappointed that if it comes to something like that, it's gonna be me. It's not disappointed, it's more predictable, I guess. Like, it's good to have consistency <laughs> in life. <laughs> Grass well, grows, but... birds fly, and Alex, well, he never misses a chance to just hit the bottom of the humor barrel. Nope. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm swinging for the ground today, sir. <laughs> Most guys go for the fence as I go to make contact with the ball. With my body. I don't even bother swinging the basket. I step in front of it, hit me, and go, Oh, no, how did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> Who but would yes, let this uh, happen? Oh, What I'm merciful God would allow a thing like this to occur? Ah. Roll the first base. <laughs> Welcome to the Wicked Awesome cast. With sports references this week, apparently. Yeah. Uh, I am, of course, uh, Alex, a.k.a. Mave Online, and I'm joined today by Henry, a.k.a. Kraken Zero, a.k.a. Nomad Har, and, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the creator, the guy who kind of wrangles us together and lets us ramble on the internet for a few hours every week. just sent you creepy 1130 at night text, like, yo. Yeah. You gotta be on the podcast tomorrow. Dude, I'm, I'm awake and rating at that time. I, I know. That's why I don't feel too bad, but like, there's a certain aspect of it where I'm just like, sometimes it feels like I'm like, there, there's a fine line between wrangling this podcast and back when I was single, like just texting people like, yo, you want to meet up? Yeah. I know it's 1 a.m. and that means things, but I. Yeah. Why no, are we I, both I mean, awake? Did, you see, did you not see what time I replied? Oh, I did. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's I, right. I did. That tracks. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, actually, a little side story real quick. But I, uh-huh. uh, when I was raiding back in the day, um, a bunch of the guys in the guild played in LA. And after raid time at like 145, we're like, fuck it. You guys want to meet up at an IHOP for yeah. milkshakes? Okay. And we all just met up at like 3 in the yeah. morning for milkshakes. Good times. So Part of my destiny clan is mad at me right now. It's a bunch of them moved out of LA or out of the LA area to other parts. They're like, man. You'd have actually made us like get together, wouldn't you? I'm like, yeah, probably. Like, man, that would have been cool. I'm like, yeah, it would have. Nero yeah. could have hated me in person. Yeah. Oh, uh, but yes, we uh I didn't actually say your name, Charlie AK Mordak Undivided. There yep. Yeah. So here we are. Uh I have returned. Uh, I was you know what? This time though, I was in a place far worse than the Shadow Realm. You were right? asleep. Place... <laughs> no, no, no. This place is filled with no hope. It is sadness. You chose pain, to move to Portland, man. Suffering. No, 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 no. Even worse. <laughs> Just loneliness, pain, sadness, loss of hope. And it's not the Shadow Realm. It's worse. Battle for Azeroth? No. <laughs> I was logged in the game lobby of Anthem. Oh. Why? Because <laughs> fuck Anthem, that's why. Even I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. See, that's where I was. That's why nobody could find me. I was logged into Anthem. Just the void that is the login screen for Anthem. Yeah, pretty much. You log in a server, but... somewhere spins up, like cobwebs are coming off. Like someone's looking at it going like, that server hasn't spun up in a decade. The game's been out what? six months. A decade! It's hosted on the same server with the uh, roadmap. So So it doesn't yeah. exist. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, but yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm back, and uh, I look forward to rabble rousing and and chatting it up with you guys over some video games. So it'll be fun. 
But let's go into our week. Sure. sure. I have some fun week updates. Sure. And I'd like to hear about your week updates. So who wants to go first? I'll go first, I guess. All right. I played a bunch of games. I, I played more of that Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. I, 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 I feel bad that I forgot to mention the weirdest part of Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, which is that it is the best pool game you can currently play on a video game. Pool? Like it has pool, a mini game for pool, and it's really good. Nice. Oh, of course, yes. Because <laughs> space truck stops. I yeah, like I play on my laptop, which is not optimal on a on a controller, which is again like not how I want to be playing that thing. But it's still great. I I spent more time with. It. I'm not realizing some stuff I forgot to mention last week. And the best way I can describe that game is it has the weirdness of Mass Effect, like one of the space stations, except you don't have to walk around. It's just like menu driven. Like you like, you slide on the menu to bar, and your character goes to the bar, and then you like can pick one of five options from that menu that shot, pops up at the bar. I, it's streamlines. It's really all it it is definitely an indie game. Like I know I kind of called it an indie game last week. Like it is a high production indie game. Like it's definitely a passion project. It's it's by no means perfect or like the end all beat all, but like if you're into space sims or like one introduction to space sims, this one's a hell of a good jumping on point. Hmm. I'm still enjoying the hell out of it. Mm. I I have not painted my ship with anime girls yet though. I I've held off doing <laughs> that to myself. Like I I play from third person because it makes the game a little bit easier on controllers. And I'm just like I don't want to look at that. My poor platypus doesn't deserve that. That's the starter <laughs> ship, by the way. Ah, yeah. Ah, uh, but so I I played myself last week by accident because I downloaded a game called Remnant from the Ashes. Like the day before we did the podcast and like i'm like i got the sleeper hit like no one's gonna know about this game it's gonna be it's gonna be totally under the wire when i talk about it next week that game fucking blew up since our last podcast and it should because it is dark souls with guns Mm. i remnant from ashes is it's new from gunfire games i think it's only on steam right now but i feel like it, it if it hasn't already it should be coming to consoles soon it's a real cool game. It is quite literally like where the you you intellectuals out there are going. Hey, Charlie, what about Bloodborne? That's Dark Souls with guns. It is, but like this is Dark Souls. It was a third person shooter, and it's. But weird. I mean, it, it is Bloodborne really Dark Souls with guns? It has I mean, guns. It, it has guns, but are guns your primary source of damage? Uh, they stunlock stuff. Yes. No. You. They're, you are, yeah, they're you are kind correct. of important for the mechanics. Yeah. To, to be honest, like. If you really want to get the most out of the game, you got to know how to fit in the guns into the mechanics. If you're going to do meaningful combos, yeah. because you have to, you have to use them in the midst of the combo. I didn't know that the first time I played it. Yep, because, because you know that blood drunk. You, yep, not an optimal so, way to learn a game. But yes, no. Yep. So this is maybe maybe I'm overly judging on it because when I assume guns in like a game. Like, unless it's the primary part of the damage you do, I don't really consider it a gun game, per se. You're, you're not wrong, but, like, we drunk. never use the, like, in Blood Drunk, we never use the flamethrower or anything like that. There, there oh. are more damage-centric guns in that game we just didn't get to in our Blood Drunk playthrough, and yeah, I didn't like using them when I was playing it, so I never probably talked about them. Like, I I, I like how melee feels in Souls games. Uh, this one is a bit more gun-centric down to the fact that, like, I... There are some unbelievably smart combat choices in this game. Like my favorite of which is there is one button to attack. It is right mm-hmm. trigger. If you are aiming something, it's shoot. If you're not aiming something, it's melee attack. 
and I know it's like a no-brainer kind of thing, but the number of games I have played that for some reason like, oh, we're gonna put your we're gonna put your melee attack on a separate button than all your other attacks is just kind of annoying. Like it's like, oh, you have to equip your melee weapon. It's like, no, no, the melee weapon's kind of an oh shit thing unless you've like built. You can build for melee. Like the, so, the three starting classes are like junks or like scrap tech or something, ex cultist and sniper gunner essentially and what you're picking there is your armor kind of your base build and what guns you get like i went with the ex-cultist because it comes with a machine pistol and like a medium range like flip lock rifle called a cattleman rifle the the tank class just straight up comes with a shotgun heavy armor and a giant act like a giant hammer thing like it is meant to be it does the most damage but also is like at the most risk of damage at all times like i haven't like i have invested in yeah, there's a couple other differences, like some starting abilities and stuff, but I have invested in the gear of the tank class for my character, actually, because I wanted, well, that shotgun's real nice. It does a lot of damage. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the game's cool. Like it's got it's got a kind of dauntless level character creator. Your character feels unique, but not that unique enough, because very quickly they're going to wind up in a hat or some type of helmet football thing, and you're going to see their character's face again. It's got more cutscenes than I was expecting, given all the comparisons I can make to Dark Souls. I, sorry, I, sorry, hmm. I gotta take a step back. The world for this game, like, and this is where kind of like, just assume everything I'm talking about comparison wise is kind of in comparison to Dark Souls. Like, it's got that we don't explain shit about the world Dark Souls thing going on, where it's like lots of in-game lore stuff, and like you like you'll find notes attached to walls and desks, and people like no one in the game knows what the fuck is going on, like. <laughs> And that's kind of the fun of it. So you start off, the like, opening cutscene is you on a sailboat in clothing that could be like 1980s Soviet dock worker or like 1600s British peasant laborer outfit. It's not clear. And you have a sword and you're sailing to a lighthouse, a tower thing to see what the fuck's up with the dragon someone killed at one point. Hmm. That is all the... And like The, the game flow says, yeah, the dragon is dead, but they're afraid that like from the ashes, hence the game's name, Remnant from the Ashes, something terrible has taken root. And the, the enemy of the game is the root. They are some kind of weird demon hell spawny thing that, like, I've not gone far to figure this out, but I'm pretty sure it's like infests people and turns them into these monsters. Like, so you show up at, I think the area is called Ward 13, but it's this town. And the town, again, is either like modern day or Cold War era thing. You can't quite tell because the cars look a little too modern, but also not modern enough. And, but also at the same time, like, no one's all that confused. You showed up with a sword, and like the first thing that happens is that the turtle happens, and you make your way into like a Soviet era bunker with like giant, dangerous, like unkillable machines inside of it for power supplies and stuff. And you reactivate a variety of systems, one of which is essentially like a warp gate stone that puts you out into the land. And again, it's like not like, when you go out, you're wearing like medieval armor and rocking either makeshift or like 1800s firearms it's weird like the game has no set time and place like it feels modern but also cold war but also 
post-apocalypse, but also, yeah, some of the shit is straight out of the Middle Ages. Like, literally, like, they talk about how your sword is junk. And like, ah, it got broken, so it turned into guns. Whatever. And you're like, I, why didn't I have a gun when I showed up? But also, <laughs> your character's not at all confused by guns. Like, I, it, it's kind of neat what's going on. Like, the technology's all fucking over the place. I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. The game is fucking hard. Like, really goddamn hard. I like I I can make it pretty easily to the first boss, and then it's just uh, it's murderous. It's hard. Like it, all the combat is hard. It's it's Dark Souls in that regard. Like stuff hits, you have to play tactically, and it's kind of cool playing Dark Souls with a gun. I'm not gonna lie. There, there's something about it's kind of like sh- the, the thing of like, oh, what would happen if you just start like, shooting enemies from range? Like, That's cool. They rush you. The game builds it so you have to do the cheesy thing you thought would be cool in Dark Souls. Because there's so fucking many enemies, and at least in the character class, I started off with the pistol, and you're kind of your every class has two guns: your pistol, your sidearm, and your main gun. And it's like the sidearm's not really a sidearm; it's just a pistol kind of thing. But like, it has a correct range to engage with. It fires way fucking faster than your long arm does, and it's about kind of learning the ranges at which to swap between the two, and when's the correct time to use one or the other kind of thing. I it's it, it plays really well. I think I, I can nitpick a couple things like the vaulting over mechanics feel weirdly slow and not fluid, but also they're fine. The gunplay is good. The gunplay feels really good. The melee combat feels pretty good. I, the game does not explain shit in typical Dark Souls fashion. I like it, it's it's the bonfire system except with like riftstone things, but you still go up to them and rest. I. I'm incredibly impressed with the game. Like, it was one of these things where I... This game absolutely should have blown up the way it did because it's cool. I didn't expect it to happen so fast. I'm like, this is totally a game I'd love to play. And it's got, like, a... Like, like the game almost feels like a call of... The game has a Cthulian, like, Lovecraftian vibe to it. The monsters definitely feel that way. The, like, this was a normal place that got infested by evil thing is totally what this game is going for. But then also the enemies are heavy metal as shit, so... Yeah. It's a cool game I'm having fun with. It is hard, though. Really fucking hard. I, yep. It also has drop-in, drop-out multiplayer, which I think is a great thing for this game, because solo, it's a lot of fun. With, like, two or three other people, it's different, but also really fucking fun still. Like, it's got kind of that Diablo feel to it. It's still hard as hell, but it's you with, like, other people making your way through a level, shooting stuff. I, it feels almost tactical at that point. Like, I... I hesitate to call it the Gears of War of Dark Souls because there's no cover system, but when you're mm. playing in a squad, it kind of takes on that vibe, but in a good way. Mm. Like, it, it doesn't feel overpowered. It feels very kind of desperate. We're paranormal investigators with guns! Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a crafting system and elements and stuff. I, I'm not far enough in to kind of deep dive into the systems. Yet. Like I said, it's hard. Like, it's fucking Dark Souls hard. Like, the general consensus on the internet is like, maybe this game's a little too hard. Oh, I forgot to mention the coolest part of this game. I don't quite know how deep it goes, but it's not a set map. Like, it is possible that, like, if all three of us played the first level, our first level might be different for all of us. Including the hmm. final boss of the first level. And, as part of this, you can reshuffle your world. Like, you can... There's a mechanic for redoing the critical path through the game with different stages, I guess. For replayability or something. It, it seems cool. I don't quite know what that does positively for you, except give you more stuff to do, but it's neat. Like, the, the game feels very 
aware of how kind of Lovecraft altered reality. Maybe this is real. Maybe this isn't. Like th this game could totally end with you drowning in the ocean. This is all some fucked up hallucination, and I'd be fine. With it. it would match with what the rest of the game has been. Yeah. But yeah, I've been playing a lot of that. I played a lot of that. I obviously Destiny Two. The cross save happened this week, and I've been playing around with that. I know my clan's been surprised that. I've been on PS4 almost as much as I've been on PC, which I think I told them from the get-go. It works. Uh, it takes a little bit to get set up, but once it works, like it's really cool. Like the the day the, the day one launch of it was kind of a mess, but also foreseeably a mess. But yep, it's mm -hmm. it feels right. Like the idea of oh, you have different characters everywhere was always bullshit, and people knew it. And the fact that my characters are just kind of everywhere now is cool. Like it's 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 just my characters on on PC or PlayStation, and I have not experienced any problems yet with kind of cross saving. But yeah, it's fine. It's it's neat. Like I'm not good at Crucible on PC because I'm not playing with a mouse and keyboard yet because I'm only playing on my laptop. But it's really nice that in my case, when my fiance goes like, "Hey, I want to use the TV," I can just kind of jump off my PS4, hop over my laptop, and hey, I'm destinying again. I, it, it works seamlessly once it's up and running. Well, that's good. Yeah, I, I've been unbelievably impressed by it. As part of this, the um, Steam migration thing went live, and that went a lot smoother, as best I can tell, than the cross-save linking did. But also, there's no real way of testing it, because you can't play Destiny on Steam yet. So I yep. foresee another kind of hell day when that whole system goes live, but also... They fixed the cross-save thing so quickly, I have confidence in that part of it working, too. Yeah, I've already done the uh, migration yeah. thing, and and it was easier. Well, it was like a few a handful of clicks. So, yeah, I was impressed with at least that part of it. But, yeah, we'll have to see what happens during the full launch. But, yeah, and, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like the cross-save actually was successful. Yeah, I, it's... It is one of those things where kind of I, it is, I, I don't know how complicated it is to do. I don't know how complicated it was to get Sony to sign off on it and stuff like that. But it is something that if you were building a game like Destiny, like Dauntless, like Monster Hunter, it should be there. Like this is such a, yeah. from a pure marketing standpoint, I am going to ultimately play this game on all four consoles, all four platforms it's available for. Like, this, that's just a given at this point. Like, going back to Destiny 1, I had friends that were playing on Xbox that I could not play with and never got a chance to play with. That's now on the table once I get my Xbox up and running again. Like, I. Which is very cool. Yeah, it, it, it is. is. And it's one of these things for Kravik. It's a game that's all. It, it's like, yes, you could maintain separate characters, but the idea of. Like, the game is so grindy in a good way at this point. There's yeah. so many things, like, there's so many gauges to fill up. The idea of doing that across to all platforms is just insane at this point. Like, I, I, like, make all the jokes you want about kind of the shared content from WoW characters. It's the right call. Like, it is the right thing to yeah. do to share certain aspects of that game across all your characters now, as opposed to kind of hiding it off on a character-by-character -character basis. Like, the next thing I'd like to see from Destiny is account-wide progression, where, like, don't make me do the story missions three times in a row. Like, if I do it once with one character, just unlock all the same shit from oh, all my characters. Oh, yeah, make, that makes sense. Yeah, like, it's, respect my time a little bit better. Like, I, 
Alex made some jokes about Anthem, but like one of the things Anthem got really right was the idea that rather than having four different characters, you just had four different classes your character could swap to whenever, essentially. And that made it really easy to change characters, especially in a game where it's like, yo, these guns are the same for all of the classes. Armor's different. Like, oh, we have to manage armor then. Yeah, so? <laughs> that's you, that's you how know, loot shit works. <laughs> yep. you, know, you know what game let you switch your classes in real time? What? The Matrix Online. Sure, but that, that <laughs> class was garbage class and less garbage class. You leave it alone. It's coming back. Is it? I hope. We're getting <laughs> the Matrix 4, so maybe the Matrix Online 2 is coming. Yeah! Yep. Breathe some life in them dead bones. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> in completely not gaming-related news, I went through the hellscape that is buying wedding rings this past week. I... Mm. That has been my least favorite part of this entire process because the the way you figure out your ring size, many people know this. I didn't really know this. They put a like, they put like a fake ring on you. The issue yep. is it's attached to a ring of other rings, so there's no way in hell of getting an accurate feel for it. So you go to like five different places and see what they ultimately agree upon being your size, and then for me to go online because you're not interested in paying eight hundred fucking bucks for a ring of metal. Yep, you find something else, but. If you're also me, you wind up going down a weird, like, oh, what's the symbology behind X and Y? And you wind up on a bunch of weird Wicca websites that fuck with <laughs> your algorithms for Google, which have made it really funny, but also, like, <laughs> are you looking for a coven? No, no, I'm not, but I understand how you got here. <laughs> Q, Q millennials are killing the diamond industry memes. Uh, and doorbells. And what else what's are the they doorbell? Killing? What are we killing now? But it's just, I'm... yeah. But I, I think, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, eventually what wedding rings you came up with. I, I'm really interested. To see <laughs> I could describe mine. I, I, I have since me and Jen went down this process. I've been looking at kind of Damascus steel ones. They're not traditional, and they're way cheaper mm. than normal rings. But like, it's those who don't know what Damascus steel is, it is steel that is made oh, yeah. by kind of perpetually folding the steel over and over, so it winds up with this kind of cool wood grain texture on the outside of it. Like, it's a neat... Yeah. If you're, like, it, it had a big resurgence, like, about a decade back in the knife-making community because you could yep. make really badass-looking kitchen knives, and it turns out the steel, because the folding holds an edge really well. Like I, This is also something people think of as samurai steel or Viking steel because neither, neither yep. kind of warrior group had great steel resources but had to make yep. weapons so they developed ways around their inferior material sources it's yep. neat stuff yeah I... yeah i mean it's like it's not necessary these days because now we we, we just have we could just have good sources of high carbon steel we have refining and, and, techniques and too yeah and refining techniques i mean yeah folding was ultimately just to beat out the impurities yeah, for, the, for those who don't know kind of the craziness of it, the way Vikings made steel was by gathering up peat moss, which is literally moss from a bog, and burning it, and then smithing the ashes, essentially. As it turns out, peat moss is high in iron. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, it's been mostly my week. Uh, lots of Destiny, lots of uh, Remnant, some Rebel Galaxy here and there. I uh, they they announced the cycle as part of Gamescom and I kind of poked at that, but not enough to say anything relevant about it just yet. It is indeed a game that you can play early access from. Who else did something this week? Uh, I guess I will go. Go for it. 
So, um, I got my new PC finally built, and it's finally done for now. Oh? Yep. Uh, overall, I've got myself a Ryzen, uh, was it Ryzen 3700X? Uh, I've got, I ended up splurging a lot on the fans, so I've, I'm rocking six Noctua's in there. Three for pull, three for push. Uh, I bought a Noctua CPU cooler, so it's an air-cooled unit. I didn't go water cooling for it. Mm. Um, and I've got the two case fans pulling air in from the bottom. And overall, it's just a nice little setup. I did some streaming this weekend, so streaming's back on the menu, boys. All right. Uh, because it there's like almost no lag when I'm playing WoW now. Nice. You can tell it's it's handling all the CPU straining really well. Um, and it runs a lot quieter, so actually it'll be funny. I want, I'm curious to see what the podcast will look like audio recording-wise for you, because there's no case noise, or at least a lot of noise coming from the tower now, which was a, probably a good source of that background noise before. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm really happy. Uh, <laughs> I gotta give kudos to Mandy for being a trooper and just having the boxes sitting there. <laughs> But I put putting stuff together and then sorting stuff around. Uh, this case, I have to say, this case is fucking great. So if you ever put together a build in the future, I highly recommend this Lian Lee case. It's super nice to work. What's with. the name of the case yeah. again? The Lian Lee PC Air. How do you spell oh, that first word? L I A N space L I. I'm familiar with that company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, P C O dash eleven. I believe it is. Yeah, there's two versions. There's the dynamic and the air. I'm rocking the air, which lets you do the put uh, basically fans in the front. Mm. But the dynamic is more of a water cooling case. Gotcha. Although this case is entirely water cooling designed because it's made by a German or it was helped designed by a German overclocker named Devour. Oh, it's so like mine where the entire side basically comes off. Nice. Yeah. It's it's a really nice case, yeah. And especially like I've got big hands because I'm a fatty. I, I meant to recommend but, like, my case to you too. Like it's it's similar in this where it's just like you could put a baby inside of it and still. Pull yeah, PC I'm rocking a gigantic case too. I think I've. I mean, I think I've shown you guys before at least. Yeah, so I'm I'm rocking a. Uh, this is a mid tower, so it's not as big, which is kind of nice. It's all it about the big case, the Alex. It does come with the big old case. Uh, it comes with dust filters already, Ooh. which is really fucking nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, it does make it a little bit harder for air to get pulled in, obviously, because it's, it's not a mesh dust air filters, filter. Yeah. Which, yeah, but it's still good. And, like, there, there's, yeah. Oh, there's also a Razer version, which is kind of interesting, but I don't hmm. need that one because I don't need the RGB. Actually, the crazy thing about this one is there's almost no RGB in this one. Nice. So it's kind of a nice little sleeper case. But, well, you don't need yeah. that chroma going on. You need you don't need your color, uh, your tower to glow the color of your game. No. Are oh, you even PC gaming if you're not glowing like a goddamn skyscraper, Alex? It's true. The crazy part about it is it's so quiet and it's a uh, it, there's no RGB. Like I forget it's on sometimes. Mm. So <laughs> it's like oh, even because the the stock Ryzen air cooler has RGB on it. Which is actually not bad of a cooler. Yeah. Um, but I prefer to go with the. Uh, yeah, they make better fans. Loud. Yeah. Yeah. So, the only drawback on this case is since it's a two chamber case, um, you don't have as much headroom for like the big time 
air CPU coolers that you would normally would because they only have like a hundred and fifty millimeter clearance mm. for for like height on some of these air coolers and most of these big ones like the the Scythe Mugen and all those other ones out there are like one fifty eight one sixty so they're tall yeah uh, air coolers so they're not they won't fit in this case but it's a water cooling beast this this case so you you have like literally three different locations to throw radiators in like full 360 millimeter size radiators so that's nice yeah so later on when uh when i get the new uh amd uh cards that come out i'm looking waiting for the not the new navi chips to come out for those yeah so when the next then they're they're put quote unquote competitor for uh the new like what are the new or the 1080s or the, the 2080s uh from nvidia that'll yeah. be my next upgrade and then i might actually water cool the video card so hmm yep but yeah no it's it's i'm i'm happy with this build so uh, oh uh did you watch the breaking bad movie trailer yet i did what are your feelings on this alex as the big breaking bad fan on this podcast um It'll be interesting to see where it goes because it looks like it's a direct sequel to the actual show. Sure. Um, I don't know. Um, it's gonna be a little bit sad. I might. Can I do spoilers here, real quick? The show's been out long enough. Yeah, I feel it's an okay thing okay. to do. So one of the big things that really I enjoyed about the dynamic of the show was kind of this on-off fatherly son relationship between Brian Cranston and uh, what's his name, Aaron Paul. Like they had yeah. a really good dynamic together. Yeah, Which good chemistry. Yeah, they had phenomenal chemistry, and technically, the show ends with Walter White being dead. Yep, like that's how it ends. He he died with his one real love, which was meth, science, and meth. It was well, meth. Yeah. not necessarily the meth, but it was the science. It was meth. Yeah, man <laughs> loved his meth. So, um, it'll be weird to see. I do like all the little nuances in the trailer. If you watch the trailer back again in the very beginning, there's the there's like there's like slowly zooming into the door of the yeah. um, of the office, you or the interrogation room. You see two pictures hung up on the wall, and the two pictures are Gomi and Hank. Mm. So yeah, mm. go back and watch it. Yeah, it's a nice little like oh, but yeah, and it's cool they got the same actor who played uh, was that Skinny Pete? Yeah, it's Skinny Pete. Yeah, so it'll be really cool to see where it goes. But um, yeah, I I'm excited. They, Breaking Bad is, is a phenomenally well-written show. For me, I don't think it needed a movie. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. I would agree with you, that. except I watch Better Call Saul, and Better Call Saul is amazing. So, I but that's have that's a prequel. Movie. I'm talking yeah, about. But it's I'm talking intro- about sequels. You know, I, I will just take more of it at this point. Is what I'm getting at. Like, it's the there's yeah. more story in that story to be told. That like Breaking Bad itself is complete, but. There's at least two characters that deserve more time, I guess, and Jesse's one of them. Like Jesse deserves an ending for Jesse. Well, I thought his ending that he had in the show was already fucking it's, solid. It's good, but like it's one of those ones. Well, where it's, 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 it's it's I like the vagueness of the yeah. ending that you do, that yeah he he managed to get away from that, but I mean it's like we don't really you know it's like we don't really know what happened you know it's like it was likely he got picked up or something happened to him because you know he's just but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, um, that's, I, I don't. That's I, I'm like I said, I'm ambivalent about there being a sequel, or basically a sequel. I was 
totally cool and down with the prequel, you know, Better Call Saul, but yeah, I don't feel like it needed a sequel. I feel like it was, he actually, well, he did have a really happy ending now. He got, he's free, <clears throat> and then he drove that car into the set of Need for Speed. <laughs> so. Yeah. As we all know, <laughs> no, Need for Speed I... is actually the sequel to Breaking Bad. That may yeah. have come out during Breaking Bad. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm 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 stoked for it. I, I, I have to say. But um I've also, since really quick just to finish up the, the PC talk, I tried Destiny two. Did it melt it your computer? plays so fucking beautiful. Yeah. Nice. I, yeah. Destiny I, oh. Destiny PC is real good. The it, I'm not saying the console version is bad, but jumping is better on PC. It is easier on PC. Like I, mm-hmm. the, I, the number of jumping puzzles and raids I can imagine are easier on PC, just because there's a smoothness to the action. The console mm-hmm. doesn't quite have like, and it, it's weird saying because it never bugged me until I saw the 60 frames a second version on my shitty laptop monitor. I'm like, man, <laughs> that is a smooth animation. It's it's it. Not only does it play like beautifully, I don't have any lag from before because I didn't realize how much my CPU now was the big bottleneck. Yeah. Mm. And now that I've got the new setup and like 32 gigs of RAM and all that going, so it's just it's, it's yeah great. <laughs> yeah no. I, so it's like that game's a great game or something and deserves to be played <laughs> in optimal settings. Yeah. yeah. No. It dude. That it. I'm looking forward to playing more of that. Like I've I finally decided I'm not gonna make any alts yeah. in fucking WoW right now. I'm gonna play my one shaman character, fuck everything else right now, and then just when I'm not doing my required quote unquote stuff for WoW, I'm just jumping back into Destiny. So at least now for the time being, and I'm I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So let me know you're playing. I'm working out. my trying to work my way up right now. I just finished Warmind, and I need, I know I need to do for Forsaken. So I am grinding comp. Because I make poor life choices. Um, <laughs> I, I initially I wasn't gonna care about the season of triumph thing we're doing right now, like the the the, the forsaken. Like, hey, you did all the shit here. I think it was like Monday of last week. I'm like, ah man, I only have two things left. What are they? Crucible, pinnacle weapon, and notorious armor win. Ah, oh, fuck it, let's get it done. <laughs> Don't be me. Let it go. Because then you went up playing eight hours of comp yesterday, and comp is toxic. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, uh, what do you call it? Are you, you're, so you're not doing the triumph gear at all? Oh, no, I got, so I got my solstice gear. I got it to, I got, so you may not have noticed this yet. There is a thing called your triumph screen. At the bottom of it, there are your titles. That is where Dredgen is stored. There is a title for, year two of destiny two that was like a checklist you have to get done and most of the stuff if you've been playing all year you probably have done i did not because i took essentially a six month break off from that game kind of thing maybe even eight months if you count it but i have gotten of the 24 things 22 of them done in a terrifyingly quick order and one of the two and the two things that remain are so there's two, there are two activities in Destiny that everyone will agree upon have problems. One of them is competitive Crucible, 
and the other is Reckoning. And they have problems for different reasons. Uh, Comp in Destiny is problematic because the pinnacle weapons tied to it are based off the glory system, which increases and decreases as you lose. But when all of the pinnacle weapons are linked to, like, get to a certain rank of glory, it is very hard to achieve solo. There's a sniper rifle that's the most kind of air quotations achievable of the pinnacle weapons, but to get the triumph that gets you the title, you have to get a pinnacle weapon from all three activities. I don't have one from Crucible yet because they're the hardest to get, but, like, this week I've decided, ah, fuck it, we're gonna do this, like, bite the bullet let's actually try and get this like if we can get and then so they're fixing they're fixing reckoning next month and you have all of next month to kind of do the reckoning part of it so okay my uh, i basically said like i have to get the pvp weapon done before reckoning happens because there's not a chance in hell you can get me out of a gambit prime attached activity to go back and do this but yeah it's two things i live life poorly so so I do have a question for you. What's up? Let's go to the Destiny expert. Yes. Um, so I'm going to burn through the Forsaken campaign real quick. Yes. Just because I need to do that. Um, <clears throat> once I've done that, do I need to wear that Solstice gear in order to do the objectives on it? Yes. The Solstice. Uh, uh, um, okay. okay, so this is where it gets even weirder to a certain extent. Um, you may have noticed by now not all Solstice gear relates to whatever activity you're doing. And if you have better armor... You should be wearing it. Okay, because my solstice gear is at 300. I don't know if that's because my level was low. Yes, it was. Um, uh, wow. Yes. <laughs> so should I just delete it and then re-get the quest? Is that even a thing uh, at this No, point? it's not a thing. You can, uh, I think you can reacquire the stuff. I'm not sure what level it will show up at. Like You're in a semi-unique situation. Um you, I think you can infuse that armor, but I'm not like I'm pretty sure you can do no, that. No, I checked. You can't. Right, because it has to be legendary before you can infuse it. You just may be fucked, unfortunately. Uh. Well, shit. Yeah, that's a that's a situation I didn't even thought about. I personally, you literally have a week to do the solstice stuff. I wouldn't bother. The solstice stuff I found to be tedious and mind-numbing and a little bit soul-breaking. Yeah. And I just don't think, given your point in the game, you'll be able to finish it, conceivably. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because I'm not even max level, so maybe... Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll I... delete... I'll delete the gear now. Since technically I've already unlocked it, I have the appearance at least, right? Um, it gets, be it's up it, it gets better per level. Like, I, it's... Initially, I wasn't going to, and then I was wearing it by accident and got, like, 90%. Like, so there's three stages to it. There's uh, green, blue, and then uh, uh, purple. The blue okay. phase is the worst phase of it, I think. Uh, the purple phase is just masterworking, which you only have to do to one item. And it's weird, because when you get to masterwork, there's some stuff that applies retroactively. So a bunch of my armor got masterworked retroactively for me, which was cool. But also it was like, oh, I'm fucking done with the Solstice gear. Got it. I am mm. out. I only did it for my hunter because that's what I've been playing mostly these days. I, I would not focus on Solstice gear if I was you. I would just kind of avoid that and play the game. There, there's, there are better things to spend the amount of time you would have. Have you gotten to blue yet? Have you gotten to the blue level gear for that yet? 
Well, the blue level gear is the first one you get. No, you get green level gear. Oh, then no. Uh, yeah. Um, like I, so it, the, the event for the solstice literally ends in a week. Like, uh, by next Tuesday after this pod, not the Tuesday after this podcast goes up, Tuesday after that. I believe it's over, if not sooner than that. I, I'm trying to round up some people to do a pot, a Destiny podcast before Shadowkeep drops. That'll for, for my clan and stuff. And I'm sure we will talk about Solstice because Solstice is polarizing. If you play like eight hours of Destiny a day, Solstice is fine. If you don't play eight hours of Destiny a day, Solstice is a toxic experience. I think was kind of complicatedly put out. Like there are <laughs> act, there are. There are aspects to Solstice I look at and go, what the fuck was someone thinking? Yeah. Like, uh, have you been to the EAZ yet? Be in, like, a little special zone for it? Yeah, I actually like it. So, the second level of that requires you to unlock 50 chests there, refeat, uh, defeat 50, I think that's 50 now. It used to be, like, 200 mini-bosses, but this is the kicker. You have to, sh- you have, to have dealt damage to a mini-boss them to count. Mm-hmm. Which means you have to run from mini-boss to mini-boss. Eh, that's fine. How many mini-bosses are you better. actually shooting per match? Three. Imagine trying to get... Like actual mini-bosses? There's three. No, there's more than three. And they're usually... Well, there's usually, they're usually relatively grouped up together. No, 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 no. Those aren't the mini-bosses. Okay. I, I, I'm, well, I'm talking those like way-the-fuck-spread-out guys that come after that first wave. Oh, after the first wave, yeah. Um, they vary, but it's never been I've I've I mean I figured it's it's a grind and it's just the way it plays. Yeah, but, but imagine having to get damage on fifty of those. Ooh. It's not it, yeah. it's not like it's a it's not like if your team kills them, it's the you personally have to get damage. You personally have to open up X number of chests. You hmm. it, it's it's a problem. Gotcha. Like, it's for the Hunter, they have one where it's get 200 Void Grenade kills. Hunters have the worst Void Grenades in the game. Okay. Yeah. I, there's some stuff in there I don't like. I. Yeah, there's like... I, yeah. It's a fun activity. If you're looking for something the heavy grind, I found it horrible. I have claimed I said that did all three armors and just the level of defeat in their voices. Like, it's... <laughs> it's there's a point where it's like, yo, do 10 Gambit matches, but if you're being optimal, don't play Prime, play normal Gambit, which means like, hey, spend a half hour per tent per match. Mm. I, I exaggerate some, but normal Gambit just takes too fucking long. Is your clan on PC? Because yep. I need a clan. We are. PC. We are. You can get me an I invite. Can. I just need the clan weekly reward. I can. Great. I could definitely do that. I Get, I will get in contact with our admin for that. Yeah, I also noticed one last... I mean, we won't go too much no, into okay. it. Don't Ask away. Uh, it was... Uh, if I had characters on the PS2, PS3 version... PS4 version. Or the PS4, sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, I can't keep both the PC and the PS4 version. Like, it's one or the other I noticed. So you can. Um... Just because you overwrite on one platform does not mean those characters are gone. It just means okay. you can't access them. They're gotcha. still there. Like so, I had three PC characters. Two of them were just junk holder characters, 
and one of them was the one we played like through Osiris on and stuff like that. They had nothing worth talking about, so I have no issue leaving them behind. But I have some clanmates that were like heavy on PC and heavy on console, and are now trying to figure out which is the better account to take. Mm. And I get the fucking stunt on so many PC people because I have all of my better uh, my veteran stuff. <laughs> That yeah. was up until this point unavailable on PC. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Well, then I don't have anything special to. Yeah, you over. you have nothing. In your instance, you have absolutely nothing to bring over from console. Like you should make, like you should make your PC one your primary kind of thing. Like it's. Okay. Yeah, my my PC one had essentially nothing worth saving. Like oh, I had sweet business. I got sweet business on PS4. Like I it's like. For me, it's an obvious one. For other people, like literally, a guy in my clan is like, "Yeah, I have way more exotics and characters on my um on my console version, but I have all the pinnacle weapons on PC." And it's like, man, that is a that that's a bad choice to make because <laughs> both of those, like, it's the like, there's no right answer there because like both of those are labors of love you have put in. Which characters do you care about more, and how much do you hate regrinding pinnacle weapons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of on the uh, boat for it. Like, I'm just gonna play through it now. Yeah, get leveled up. And all yeah, that my uh, the, like, the only advice I can give you is get through the game as fast as possible. Like, there, there. Uh, after Armor 2.0 drops, there are gonna be a lot more reasons to spend more time on places like Mars. Which at least currently are going to be slightly more deserted. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. Yes, it's um, just do the story and unlock stuff. Like so, when Armor 2.0 drops, all existing legendary armor in the game will get changed over to Armor 2.0, which is a big fucking deal because it increases the number of viable, cool-looking armors significantly. Like um, Escalation Protocol on Mars has some of the coolest armor in the game but it's not viable in the current kind of meta of things mm-hmm. because it doesn't match the current armor system, but in armor 2.0, it'll get armor 2.0 aspects to it. It will, okay. it'll be, it will be brought into the new system, so any armor you can earn that's uh, legendary or greater will be compatible with armor 2.0, which is a big deal and awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, it means we can play fashion souls, finally. <laughs> Care about horror guardians. Yeah. Well, time to grind after this podcast. I kind of just play in your case. Like, Forsaken's cool. Forsaken's like the start of Dark Destiny again, where it's like, man, we're doing some potentially morally questionable things. It's not the Vanguard being like, go forth and do good deeds. This is you going, I'm going to kill that fucker. Yeah. I'm going to do it. And you get to meet the Drifter. Hmm. You may have already met that technically because he's in the tower, but all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Anything I wish you could do is redo my character look, but whatever. I, so there, there also is the upcoming thing of New Light is going to happen, which Henry, if you're interested in trying Destiny at all and getting, like, th- that's when you should probably jump in because it's they're, they're redoing kind of the new character system so you can get to viability very quickly. Which, yeah, I'll consider that when I get a new video card. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying there's like other things in your way between now and then, but yeah, like, it's Shadow Keep is kind of a reset button on a bunch of the game, which I'm curious to see how that will go over with some people, but also it will be a lot easier to get up to speed after that point. But, yeah. Sorry we made that your entire section about Destiny kind of, Alex. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm glad I, I can just play it again. And... Yeah. 
enjoy it. So I'm really looking forward to it, I have to say. I can't remember now. Have we done your week yet, Henry? Nope. So your week no, we enough for this Destiny <laughs> talk. I've been we've been rambling for a while there, so Yeah, <laughs> it was like Q and A Destiny two time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. Alright. So for me, um I didn't really play too many games this week. Um, played some stuff on my Genesis, like just went back and played some stuff on my actual physical Genesis. Not how not hard was it getting a Genesis hooked up to a TV in the modern era? What do you mean? Like, did your TV have like ports you could plug into it? Normal or? Oh yeah, oh okay. yeah. The TV I have has like a AV, like a the general sort of AV input. I'm not so sure just... my TV has that, so I was curious about that one. A lot of them don't, yeah. but mine happens to. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I have an OLED, uh, OLED TV, and so and it happens to have ports for everything, so I can plug anything into it and play. So nice. that's no, that's never been a problem. But yeah, um, did that some just kind of going back. I have Alicia Dragoon, which is an extremely good late game for the Genesis, like just super super good. I like the game a lot, um, and. Uh, didn't really go back to playing too much of Shaken because that game just I've been trying to speed run it and I just every time I go back to it I'm just like remembering why I why I stopped speed running it for a while because it's mm. such a brutally difficult game. You know, it's it's the it's Shaken the Forever Man has been called often the like it's one of those games that gets yeah, it was Dark Souls before Dark Souls. Because you're playing basically an undead guy well you can't die essentially and like dark souls so you have, yeah you have infinite lives like you you like if you lose your life in a level you just get kind of sent back to the entrance of the level none of the levels are that long to be honest like they're not that big they're just insanely difficult and even a casual playthrough of the game is very punishing because it, it there's the other mechanic if you spend too much time in a certain set of levels, they're divided by elements like fire, water, earth, and air. And so if you spend too much time in any one of them, there's sort of an ongoing timer for all of them, like for each one, like a, essentially. And if you just spend too much time, it resets you. It resets all the progress you've made. There's because Essentially, there's six levels, and there's, it's two sets of three. And let's say you get to the third to the third part of a section and you run out of time and you didn't use a spell to reset your timer you lose all your progress go back to level one so that's another thing you are you're forced not to spend too much time as well so there's a little bit of an impetus to go faster there is a spell that basically flips your hourglass with your timer is an hourglass and so there is it's not permanent that is it's not like irreversible but if you're not paying attention, you may find yourself backtracking way back or replaying levels. But but the yeah, but the speed run at this point is has a lot of optimization to it. It's just very difficult. I mean, and either the any percent or the hundred percent runs are both very difficult and require just pretty constant good execution because there's a lot of tricks going on. Uh, still have mailed to implement a lot of the task tricks, which are very tricky because they involve 
Well, the level as it's loading, not all the physics is necessarily loaded, but you can still move around. And in the tasks, essentially, they utilize that to hop into some walls and like zip through parts of the level. So, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, but yeah, I, I've been getting back to playing a little bit of that, but um. I've been watching a friend of mine stream uh, Overwatch, and yeah, since I can't play it right now, uh, I was more curious about. Yeah, it was also curious how the role queue has been working. And oh, I've I've actually have a little experience with that. And so that's that's actually I think it seems really cool. It's a definitely. It's definitely a very interesting thing because for each role they even have a different ranking for each role. Mm-hmm. So, and but yeah, it in, it enforces a very very specific sort of style. I, I'm not sure I feel I feel about that because it makes them it takes away some of the strategy of the meta. Some I'll say, because most of the strategy of the meta is how well certain characters mesh with each other. As well as yeah. how they might counter a character on the other team. For example, if the other team has a Pharah, you're going to want to have somebody with hit scan, like Soldier or McCree or Ash or somebody like that. <clears throat> or or uh Sombra. Um But yeah, the uh it's yeah, I think it's a cool idea because it's taking away part of the gripe of oh, we can't get enough tanks, or we can't get enough healers, or, or support in general, or, you know, we have no DPS. It takes that out, so you're not seeing that complaint anymore. So, yeah, I think that's that's definitely a good thing. So, it, very, yeah, like I said, it's just taking away a, seems to be taking away a, definitely what's been a complaint a lot. I mean, especially at sort of mid-level playing the game, where... It no longer counts so much how good you are as an individual, and it counts much more how good you are at teamwork, at actually working with other people and making things happen. See, that's the thing. is like just being good at FPSs alone will carry you on into sort of the mid-tier or mid-high tier, <clears throat> like into platinum even. But if you want, or maybe up just around nearing platinum. But to really be platinum and diamond, you have to be super good at teamwork, and that count starts to count way more. But yeah, and so at that point, it really matters. Your meta does matter, and them enforcing a meta. Yeah, I don't know. I, so it seems like it's. I don't know how well it's been received by the overall community. I've seen just certain reports that seem like people are cool with it, but yeah. But that's been interesting watching that. Yeah, and and my friend. Uh, happens to be very good. He's Michael Antonio Z on Twitch, and he's he's really good with Sombra, especially. He's a very good player. He's an extremely good player, but he's been he's been having uh he's been having troubles because he usually solo queues instead of playing as part of a team. So, <laughs> I mean, How I run into the same problem. How much is there for Sombra at this point? What's that? I I I know nothing about the meta of Overwatch at this point. Like, is Sombra oh, a character that's in demand right now, or is that a eh? I all right. She's a character that you have to play smart, but if you can play her smart, she is ridiculous at all levels of play. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's certain characters that like fizzle out. Like one of the newer healers, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, the 
the redhead healer. Uh, I can't remember her name right now. Moira. Moira. Moira oh. is... She's really good up into mid-tier, but in high-tier, she's not nearly so good because she's easily counterable. And, well, she's part of the meta now, though. Yeah, no, but at high-level, diamond level, she's not any good. She just gets... She gets rolled really easily because she's... Uh, she gets killed at close range she get, and at long range. Like, at long range, there's there's too many counters to her at a certain point. Really? Yes. Isn't that one of the best escapes out of the game, though? Uh, she has an all... She has, it's, but I'm telling you, she does not work at diamond level. She gets rolled at diamond level. She's really... She's a powerhouse up to that level, though. Like, up to, even up into platinum, she's still just really good. But once they're there... People have already figured out how to counter her. And part of it is, she can't heal herself worth a crap. She's really terrible at healing herself. All the other healer characters have very good ways of healing themselves. She does not. And that's why she gets rolled hard. Are you talking about Brigitte instead of Moira? Because Brigitte no. has to hit people to heal herself. No, I'm talking about Moira. She doesn't, like, her trade-off is, yeah, she doesn't heal herself well. She doesn't have an instant way to heal herself either. Like, she doesn't have sort of, like, say, uh, Anna's, you know, Anna's grenade or anything like that, so she can't do a lot of healing instantly to save you. And, you know, and even, like, uh, oh, I can't remember his name, the newest sort of healer that has the bomb heal. <laughs> like, he, oh, he can throw Bastille up... Or Bastille or something? Yeah, like Batiste. Batiste. Uh, he can use an invincibility thing for a bit, and, you know, mm -hmm. basically get out of trouble real quick and his burst his heal is burst and so it there again it does a lot of heal at the same time moira can't do that she has nothing that does just lots of healing instantly so she doesn't have a good way to to get out of it if she gets really low in life she just dies so yeah that's why she gets rolled at the high levels all i know but is it, that apparently reaper is broken enough it's leaping into destiny but uh but when it comes to sombra yeah, it basically it just use if she has the the most powerful ability to get out of trouble quickly. Even I'd say, I would argue even more so than Tracer because she can just teleport out. Like she can just be there and just teleport out. It all becomes a matter of placing your teleport in strategically good places, hacking literally everything. I mean to play her just hacking and knowing better characters to hack and when to use her ult EMP which is really really powerful when done in tandem with anything like if you do her ult and anybody else has their ult you can you can team kill really easily because her her ult burns away the characters that have armor too like there's a lot of characters where part of their life is armor that regenerates well the ult disables that and so Zenyatta whose life is like 75% armor, all of a sudden he has 25% life. He, he, he just dies. He just dies really fast on a Sombra's mm -hmm. ult. And, so, and there's several other characters where a fair bit of their life is, is armor, and that's just instantly deleted when, she used, when Sombra uses her ult. So she's a, she works really well in tandem. She has the best escape. Uh, she's she's a very very strong character. She's hit scan as well, so she can lay into characters very very quickly. But uh, apologies, yeah. my simple question of was your friend encountering problems because of the 
Goku system because of his mane has has evolved into something a much larger topic. No, um, it's like I said, each one of the roles has its own ranking, and so, but it does it did take him sometimes longer to get in, and this is that, and this is the thing I knew would happen. So the trade off is, you know, if you're playing DPS, it it can take longer, like like a Sombra. It, it can take longer to get in, whereas if you're, like, a healer, if you go on support queue, you're going to get a game almost instantly. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's like the it's like the WoW queues, where, like, the, the, the actual support and tanking roles yeah. are almost instant queue, because everyone wants DPS. Yep. Yeah. No, that part I like. As a support player, I, I like the fact that I get quick queues. I just remember when I get into the game how much I hate it, so... <laughs> As a um, hypothetical Genji man, because I've been told that's the correct thing to play in Overwatch, how does the new <laughs> Q system affect me? Well, that's the same uh, thing. He's 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 DPS, and so he'll he'll end up queuing slower. You have to wait slightly longer to throw your ninja stars and yell angrily in Japanese while you slice enemies down. Oh, uh, uh, my, under- my understanding is the Genji meta is that I need to be healed at all times. Yes, that's, yeah. that's been the meta since the start. Yeah. But, you oh, have to make sure when you're when you bind your ninja stars to yell heal me, so <laughs> save time. It's to optimize it. So find a way to bind the keys together. Yeah, is how it like works. a macro or something. Every time yeah. I do anything, yes. I demand healing. Yep. Yes. But yeah, uh, Sombra shuts him down pretty well too. When she hacks him, she takes away his ability to dash, mm-hmm. and especially when he pops his super. If you take away his ability to dash when he has his ult. He basically just gets to run around at medium speed with a with a short range weapon. <laughs> it's the only it's pretty funny to watch. I, I'm not gonna when lie. He, he I is, thought when I thought when you were led into that, when I thought you were going to say hacking removes his ability to call for healing, and I'm like, damn, that's gotta be pretty detrimental to Genji mains. <laughs> that's all they do is the impression I've gotten. But yeah, the only thing there's but, definitely like Sombra has really like her hacks take away some key abilities for certain characters. Sure. So yeah, like. Like if you see, basically if you see Genji pop his ult, you hack him immediately, and now he's just running around at medium speed, <laughs> trying to hit people with his sword, and it's kind of pitiful and funny to watch. He gets real chunk so, all of a sudden, which is like, guys, I'm not as agile as I used to be. Yep. Yes. The thing is, when he's ulting, he also gets in kind of infinite dashing ability, and that's what people really utilize. And if you take that away, it's like, oh. Same thing you do to uh, uh, Winston. Like when you when he goes ult, he can jump around a lot. Well, mm-hmm. hacking him takes away the ability to jump, and so he's just grounded. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, for Genji, I guess every time he kills somebody, his dash resets. So, the fact yeah. that he kills people so quick, he just dashes around and kills people fucking quick. But the only thing I don't like about the Sombra hack is for a bunch of other characters, for example, like Moira, if you hack her during her ult, she loses her ult. Yep. If you hack Roadhog during his ult, he loses it. Yep. If you hack Genji, he still has his ult. He just can't dash. Well, which it is depends stupid. on which hack you're talking about. If it's a from an EMP, EMP shuts everything down. I could have sworn that EMP one, he still is run around slashing. Um, he just can't dash and do the wall hop or the double jump and the wall crawl. I think. Oh, I think you're right. I think you're. I think it's one of the ults that is left on. It's, it's, Which is bullshit, but but, anyway. but still, like grounding him takes away a lot of that. Um, another character that uh, that 
that she shuts down really well is Farah, because if you hack Farah, she can't fly. Yep. <laughs> and so she's just her her one main thing is now completely yeah, so I say, gone. I don't know much about the game, but I get the impression Farah's whole thing is flying. Yeah. Yep. And if you hack her, it's just funny to watch her fall out of the sky. She just goes, Bloop! and especially if she's flying over a pit and then it's just insta death. It's like, bye, bye, Farah. I, I, I hacked a fair the other day, and that felt so satisfying. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I've been watching that, but yeah, there again, I haven't been able to play it. But I'm itching to play Sombra, especially, to to be to be honest. But whereas I usually played a lot of May, but now I've gotten really interested in playing more Sombra. But all right, May so no outside of bad. that, got it. In in other game news, I went into the. All right, so I talked about this before. I went there's a video game bar that popped up fairly close to me. It's in my neighborhood called Player One. It's a not just a video game bar, it is a synthwave themed video oh, game. Oh. I was with like, you straight until up. synthwave. Yeah, straight up it is. And and I've just I guess I've just kind of been to the soft opens of it, but they had the official opening last night. And so I went to that, and there's actually a line there, so I can honestly say I was there before. It was cool. <laughs> but, yeah, and so we actually, a friend and I, we just kind of waited a bit. We went to another bar for a little bit, and then went back there to get in, and well, all the games are up, so some of the ones like the Ninja Warriors cab was up and running. The Ninja Warriors cab, if you're not familiar, it has three screens in it. This three-screen long game, like, all uh, it in a horizontal row. And so it just looks cool and it's a fun game and very, very difficult game. Very fun game though. But yeah, the, the, that cab was up and all the other games are up and yeah, it's, it's cool. I, you know, I kind of like the synthwave theming. It's very, definitely very eighties and nineties like themed bar. And like on the screens, they were playing Captain and the Game Master and Jim at the same time. Nice. And and uh, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, I I like the bar. It's uh, has all right. So all right, it's a running joke. It's one of the bars that where they have bartenders, and I put that in scare quotes because uh, wait wait it's, scare quotes. You know, it's like it's not really bartenders. It's it's. I don't. I can't call somebody a bartender when all they do is open a beer for you. There, there's no pouring going on or mixing. It's just a fridge full of cans and bottles of beer, and they just pop it open for you. That's that's sorry. That's not bartending. That's just like I, I don't even have a. I don't even have a good word for it. But it's just all you're doing. You're just you're just a glorified bottle opener. Yes. And yeah, but yeah, that's it's one of those bars. <laughs> and there's another one also near where I live that that also has bartenders. But yeah, I just find that to be particularly funny. Um, it seems like they have some, like some good food, but I didn't try to edit that out. But yeah, it was the actual main actual opening, and so they had a lot of kind of a lot of little things going on. But yeah, it's. It is an actual synthwave-themed bar. You know, that was coming at some point. It was going to happen. But, yeah, it was... Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I like to play some of the games there. I mean, they have a good mix. And like I mentioned before, they have the 
highly, highly sketchy emulator cabs that basically basically have a fancy version of MAME on them. I, it, but yeah, it's, yeah, so there's a lot of, but they have a lot of original cabs too. M the vast majority of what they have really is actual, like, cabs. That's good. We for, talked about the MAME games. ones a couple weeks ago, I think, right? Yeah. But yeah, the, uh, but yeah, most of their cabs are, like, just authentic cabs. They have some, like, some good gun ones. They have Time Crisis, like, 2 and 3. They have House of the Dead 1 and 2. They have Beastbusters. And so there's, there's, they have some, you know, some actual pretty cool cabs there. Like, like I mentioned before, they also have the three-screen Ninja Warriors one. Yeah. Which, just because if it's set up, is... A kind of an awkward and large cab. It's for got what three it is. screen. It's got three screens after all. Screens, really. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was cool. It was cool actually going to their hard open, their actual main opening. Uh, all right. So in other news, I watched Black Butler. Finally, finally got around to watching that. It's just it's been around for like a decade, but it's like I mean, a movie came out just a couple of years ago for it too. So. It's it's still popular, to be honest. I think the manga is still going. I don't remember if the manga's ended or not yet. But in any case, uh, I finally got around to watching that because... Alright, so let's just say I go to stores that have a lot of anime stuff and I just keep seeing it up and I just didn't know... I mean, it was obviously very popular, but I didn't know anything about it. So I went on and watched it. You can get... Like, Netflix only has, like, the first season, but Funimation actually has all the seasons. And so, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, if you want to just get a peek, I mean, you can get the first season on Netflix. But it's a really, really good show. It's it's interesting. Um, I can see why it got so popular, because there's, it's, there's a lot of parts of it that are very much mystery show. It is a, mis it is a mystery genre show. Most of the time, the main characters are figuring out some something that's been going on, or else they're trying to outsmart uh, by ta using tactics. All right, so the main character is the the sole inheritor of a large fortune because his parents were killed in a fire, and he ended up making a pact with a demon to essentially help him, you know. Uh, basically help him out in general, but specifically it was to sort of avenge his parents' murder, but also just to help him out in general. And so it takes the form of a butler to him in, in his household. And so you have this incredibly powerful demon butler who's also very genteel, very, very butler-like, <laughs> and, and helps him in all affairs, whether it's you know, you know the mate like what you would expect, sort of like a butler to do, and as well as being incredibly good at just annihilating and killing lots of stuff. But also, there's a lot of smart tactics going on because he also runs a business. He runs a basically a toy manufacturing business, which has things all around the world, and so there's that. He has to deal with that aspect of his fortune as well. That he actually has businesses to run. But more of it is the fact that his family and him and now in particular are also sort of uh, contracted by the royalty. So, all right, so this happens around like the turn of the 
20th century, like in 1800, like late 1800s. And so that, so he's, he basically works for the queen. They're, they're based in England. I should make that clear. They're based in England. He works for the queen. And so he's also called upon to solve certain things going on in the country by the royalty. But it's, yeah, it's fun. It's, I've been having a lot of fun watching it. It's got good suspense. It's not as, like, super intelligent as, say, uh, one of my favorites, which is, well, I mean, Death Note comes up, you know, as, as being a very, very clever, very, very intelligently done one. But, um, also Code Geass. So there's parts of it that, uh, part of the tactical strategy part of it reminds me a little bit of the Code Geass, but I haven't seen anything that has made me more impressed with tactics than Code Geass. But, okay. um, but, but yeah, that's, so, but yeah, so that's the show I've been watching this week. But, yeah, um, I guess that's about it for me. Cool. So. News time. Alex. Alex, I'm here. It's the news <laughs> time. Oh, you, you you want the beep, 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 beep? It's tradition at this point. Yeah. Yeah! He accepted one of my jokes! We did the joke before you showed up. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh. Well, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Ruin the one thing I had going Yep. For. You know what? Sh- Shadow Realm's coming back. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, you're right. Anthem's lobby. Yep. <laughs> Where you been, Anthem's lobby? <laughs> we got news this week. Uh, the biggest news, I guess, kind of com- in, a, in a mass catch-all kind of way, was Gamescom 2019 happened. Uh, yep. Those not curious what Gamescom is, Gamescom is the biggest, both physically and kind of impactly, game show of the year in Europe. It's the biggest physically game show of the world, I think, at this point. It is huge. Yes. It has yes. a kind of bizarre tradition around it. Uh, it was, I think, up until like 2013, if not maybe a little bit later than that, had a real smoking problem <laughs> indoors at it that lots of people used to make jokes <laughs> about. Uh, unlike lots of other conventions, it's divided pretty heavily into a press side to non-press side that I've uh, it's led to a variety of weird problems. Gamescom has always been notorious for being the weirder E3 in some ways, with <laughs> just every Gamescom, some weird story comes out. Like, there's always some podcast or live stream that someone who's not supposed to be in the press area just wanders into the press area and gets <laughs> on somehow, because Gamescom, like, it, it is... but. It, it is like packs in the E3 happening simultaneously, and all yeah. that divides the two is just a sign that says "press area only, general public stay out," and no one's guarding it. Uh, <laughs> on the flip side of that, I think the best description I've heard of Gamescom to date was someone was a press person talking about how going from the press side of Gamescom to the not press side of Gamescom is like walking through a fog door in Dark Souls. Like, it's, you expect to get attacked by a swarm monster or something as you kind of push your way into gamer funk air. If you didn't know what Gamescom was, now you do. It's the big one. I think it's held in Germany. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, it is. Uh, its history has done notorious things like the reveal of Star Citizen. 
that's all that comes to mind right now, but I big reveals happen at it occasionally, uh, and this year was actually kind of no exception after the semi, we'll call it lackluster E3 we got this year. The, the, the big players were uh, Microsoft, Nintendo, and PC gaming, because PC gaming is a lot bigger in Europe than is in the U.S. in some ways. Uh, the biggest event out of it was uh, Jeff Keighley of Game Award fan uh, fame. Sorry, he had a like night one opening night kind of ceremony that showed off a bunch of stuff. The the, the big hut reveals happened there. There was some Destiny stuff. There was some Death Stranding stuff. Kojima did one of his typical Kojima kind of press conferency things that was either endearing or irksome depending on who you are. But yeah, let's let us get into. It. Let's start with the night one stuff. Uh, Part of this, we had, obviously, as I mentioned, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, uh, Gears 5 had a really cool trailer as part of that. I, As someone who was going to buy Gears 5, because it's Gears of War anyway, Gears 5 looks ridiculous in a way the previous ones haven't been, and that appeals to me. Like, it's a continuation of the narrative of old man Marcus never got unangry, which I've been <laughs> desperately wanting. <laughs> If you have not watched it, go watch it. If you're not a Gears fan, it's a fun trailer. Like it starts off with some like clockwork orange psychological torture bullshit and then devolves into Yup, this is Gears of War. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, so uh Yeah, so that was the that's a part of the opening night, so quite oh, a few oh, we're games. not done with opening night still. Uh Comanche. Oh. Any of you guys care about Comanche? No, I've never even heard. So, Comanche is a helicopter game from like the early two thousands, I think. Uh, THQ Nordics bringing it back, boys. Uh, uh, New Need for Speed got announced with a kind of tie-in app that I've been poking at, but haven't done much of. Uh, Little Nightmares Two got announced. I think we have a playthrough of Little Nightmares One on the channel somewhere. I think that was a Jeff game. Like it's. PT-esque, but also not PT, I guess is the way of thinking of it. They showed off a, a new Monster Hunter, it's still more Monster Hunter World Iceborne. We got some more Borderlands 3 stuff that Gamescom, so FIFA 20 got showed off. We got to see the new cinematic for Destiny 2 Shadowkeep, uh, Season of the Undying, the Vex, uh, not Vesk, Vex, sorry, Vesker from Starfinder. The Vex are back, and they're covered in moss and plant stuff now? Okay. Free vest confirmed. Uh, <laughs> I saw that, uh, alright, I, I think it was a part of the opening night live, that they also announced a Gears Tactics game. Ah, uh, that's been announced, but I think they never, they never yeah. released it for it up until recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's, it'll be the first Gears game that I'm actually have any interest in whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, Kerbal Space uh, Program 2 got announced as part of that, mm, too. And that's, I think, that's exciting because uh, yeah i definitely dig the first one it's just ridiculous but also has this certain amount of realism like a certain amount yeah. you know it's but i just it it is incredibly satisfying to actually get something in a proper orbit yeah that's not easy to do so the one caveat there is it's not made by the original team kerbal space program hmm. got bought by 2k i think so it's it's partially a new team. I don't quite know the full relation there, but it's it's a sequel, but also maybe not completely a sequel, depending on how you think of things. Did either of you see so, the trailer for Disintegration? No. 
the most Halo Destiny ass looking trailer ever. <laughs> That's not for either. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's so I, I think you play as a robot who has like a hover bike and you like brutal legend style command ground units with it. Uh, it's hmm. the design is real cool. I don't think the game looks as interesting, but I'm watching it going like, man, is this some Destiny 3 shits? Disintegration. Is that what Destiny 3 is called? That was some Destiny 3 shit. It's from one of the co-creators of the Halo franchise, so it's obviously not a surprise that the looks are similar, I don't think. But uh, but probably the big thing from the entire opening night show was we got a significantly more Death Stranding information. I feel bad calling it information because all we learn is a bunch of weird-ass phrases that, like... So <laughs> I, I, I want to take a second now. Did either of you two watch the new Death Stranding stuff? Not yet. No, I figured I'd just get more confused the more. Okay, I try cool. To so I, I want to take so. a second and make an educated guess based on what I saw as to what the fuck that game is about. And when it comes out, we'll actually kind of try and hold it against this to see how far off I was. So I, the, the game, the, the the footage we saw as part of this deals with the idea of the babies you have are either like not officially ever born or something, or they're clones or something, and they have to be synced with a womb somewhere. And they keep using the phrase stillbirth womb, which is super creepy because it implies that like there's a woman or a person or something hooked up to a machine that they're syncing against with the dead baby inside of her, which is why the babies can help you see the zombie people, the, the ghost people. And they're called BBs, not babies. And it's not, I think the baby is Norman Reedus's clone, but I can't super tell. But also that lady yep. had an undead baby that was in the other side. Like, they, they heavily imply that, like, the barrier between life and death or, like, what happens to you after you die and vice versa gets real fucking murky in this game. And that's mm. what the problem is. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Well, so, like, to make that scene extra creepy, that lady is that lady because the baby was born on the other side is still attached via umbilical cord to her unborn, stillborn, not quite clear what the fuck it is, baby. So she can't actually yeah. leave where she's at. So uh, that's you know what that's as much sense as can be made. I think at this point, yep, that's that's. That's more lucid than I could imagine. Well, so I, my prediction for what the fuck this game is about is that some science obviously goes wrong, and yep. it breaks down the barrier. And the way and Norman Reedus's character is someone who's kind of doing the it, it makes like the middle half of the country unsafe to traverse for whatever reason, and stuff starts falling apart. And you have uh, uh, Meek Mickelson's character kind of as people that want to die can't for whatever reason because of the situation yeah and norman reese's character kind of the opposite of that where it's they they he he can die in theory but doesn't want to because he's got a job to do kind of thing like i i suspect yeah a big part of this game is like it because it goes from one coast to the, other to the u.s the middle of the country is just hellish war zone of some kind like and mm. i suspect that that part, I think the game will play a lot like Metal Gear Solid Five in a good way, or Metal Gear Solid V technically. I I think we'll have that kind of like stealth, like they've shown gunplay off and things, 
I think this is actually kind of a stealth and survival game, a la maybe. Yeah, I see the stealth. I definitely kind of see the stealth part in some of the trailers. It seems like you're, because you're trying to not raise too much attention. I mean, your little radar, your baby radar, DB radar, whatever, seems to go off and then try to be a lot quieter. Well, and I I think it's, and creep around. I think it's kind of a twofold stealth system where it's stealth against human enemies that will kill you but then also yeah. kind of a puzzle stealth against the other side stuff as it kind of incurs into the living world, I guess. Because like, it wasn't that game yeah. the previous when they showed off like swarms or footprints or something tracking yeah. Norman Reedus' character, whose name yeah. I can't remember right now. But yeah, like it was it was very much kind of like avoiding the footprints and the paths of things, like which leads me to believe that it's kind of like stumbling around in the dark. Like it can kind of see you the same way you can kind of see it, but like, it doesn't have an exact idea of what you are and it's more dangerous because yeah. it's death. Yep. But yeah, based on what was shown, that's my prediction about that. I, they showed off some more control stuff, that weird kind of X-Files game. They showed off a little more of a uh, bloodlines Two, vampire, of the masquerade. Uh, they, Ghost Gunner got showed off. I guess I managed to miss that. They showed off Greedfall, which I am now more okay with because it's not an MMO. That game actually kind of increasingly hmm. looks cool. Um, looks like also, Fable. Also, uh, we got to find out what Sega has been teasing. What has Sega been teasing? Uh, apparently, it's something called Humankind, which is just Civ by Sega. It even has the hex, hex grid thing, it looks yeah. like, from the trailer anyway. So, uh, uh, it's not like this is this would be the first time that Sega's sort of dug into the sort of strategy thing, but it kind of is. I mean, they've done RTS stuff, but I haven't seen them do a Civ style thing before. So that uh, I'm I'm kind of Total see what... War games or something like that them at one point. Yeah, well, I mean, they they produced that, and but I I don't think it's technically their their franchise. Nah, fair. I've never kind of known the relationship there. I was thinking of those as Sega properties for some reason, though. Yeah. Um, so Humankind is going to be their entry into the Civ thing, which, yeah, I, there's a lot of Civ-style stuff now. I mean, Endless the Endless Space is an is a Civ game. It's a space-based Civ. Endless Legend by the same creators is also Civ. So, I mean, we're going to have our pick. Of a lot of Civ style games, which is cool. I like Civ. I'm a fan of. What else though? Those are 4X games, technically. Yeah. The 4X era of games. 4X games is coming back. Yeah. Don't know what that means. We'll get on board and find out. No, don't. 4X games are a nightmare. Don't do that. They will. They will burn up all of your time. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of. I think that's. Uh, I want to see how it turns out. I mean the. I mean, you can't get a whole lot from the trailer as to what the gameplay is going to be like, but yeah. it just looks like, it looks 4X. I'm more interested to see, what are you doing that's going to not just make it feel like I'm playing Civ? Because honestly, when I played, like, I, I did a preview, and I talked about this, a preview of Endless Space, I was just like, this is just Civ. <laughs> there, it's just like, all the mechanics seemed exactly like Civ. And I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll I'd like to see if how it differs maybe from the Civ formula. Uh, other thing that I saw that will finally got a release or an actual launch is Erica, an interactive thriller, and 
it was it was announced two years ago or so, but yeah, it's I think it's interesting and super creepy. That's with the what um, they th- that's the live action game, right? Yes, yeah. live action. And so apparently, you can like virtually wipe away the character's tears. That's not creepy at all, but I think it's just it's a new era of FMV games. Yeah. We've played we're, some FMV games just, on the channel. I think it was like called like Night Shift or something. Was surprisingly Night good. Trap. Night, um, no, a game called no. the Night Shift or something. It was it, okay. It's a, it's a new one. It's not an old one. Ah, uh, and me and Jim played it or something. It was a couple years back, but it was hmm. like Telltale at its best, but all FMV, which made it crazier. Yeah, so I think that's that's the thing that's going to be. Yeah, I'd like. I'm kind of interested to see how that works out. So, um, but yeah, that. It's a, it's oh it's PS4. I don't own a PS4, so I'm just gonna make somebody else I know buy it. <laughs> but there's something I don't know. But I I think there again, it's it's weird to see FMV games becoming a thing. I don't know. I think there's a there's always been a market for. It. I think the tech is finally there, where they're no longer as labor intensive to do. And Telltale kind of brought the idea of what you can do in that style of game. Because obviously, like you can't. We can't make a sequel to The Quiet Man this soon. We <laughs> should, but we can't. <laughs> but yeah, I but yeah that that game especially looks kind of interesting to me. Um, but yeah, the yeah honestly, some of the stuff announced is like eh, okay, but some of the stuff honestly pretty exciting and at least intriguing to me. At least yeah, for this op- for just an opening night basically. A lot of stuff. Yeah, I I guess kind of go through the rest of Gamescom quickly. Uh, there yeah. was a Stadia event as part of Gamescom. Um, Stadia was Stadia. The biggest kind of groundbreaker thing out of that is that Cyberpunk 2077 is going to launch on Stadia as well. I, I think this is kind of a no-brainer, I guess, in my mind. But yeah, they hadn't sufficiently said it previously. Like, I... If you're CD Projekt Red, you're putting that game everywhere you can. Like, if you can find a way to bring it to phones, you're going to do it. But I, I personally yeah. enjoy how it's the most... Playing Cyberpunk on a Stadia would be the most Cyberpunk way to play Cyberpunk. Kind of. Mm-hmm. But also, you shouldn't, because I... <laughs> Did either of you two watch the Stadia presentation? No. It, it was yet another kind of awkward, like, we don't totally get how to talk to game people, so we're talking like it's it. It was like if Apple ran a E3 conference where it's like, man, this is stuff that does not work on gamers because we are too used to this bullshit. Yep, you're just throwing a lot of numbers around now, huh? Okay. <laughs> See it in action. We're playing Stadia right now. Prove it. Yeah, uh, a part of that was they announced a whole bunch of new games coming, including Watch Dogs Legion. That Darksiders Genesis, which I think maybe um Orcs Must Die Three is coming exclusively to Stadia, so uh Which is really interesting. The the developers straight up said that if it wasn't a thing until Stadia existed. Yeah. They they had just they were just gonna leave the franchise. Only on was. the power of Stadia can we yep. make Orcs Must Die Three. It couldn't <laughs> be done elsewhere. Uh, but beyond that, kind of as part of this, uh, the official list of Stadia titles as of right now is Gods and Monsters, Kine, I'm pronouncing that right, Destiny 2, Shadowkeep, Windjammers 2, Destroy All Humans, the new one, not the old ones. 
Mortal Kombat 11, Super Hot, Farming Simulator 19, Samurai Showdown, Grid, Doom Eternal, Attack on Titan, and Elder Scrolls Online. Not a bad list. I... There's a good mix of genres there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The idea of going really? online to play Elder Scrolls Online amuses the hell out of me, but... <laughs> Double online. Yeah. Online squared. <laughs> Can we just talk about really quick the bamboozle of Mortal Kombat 11 and how everyone thought it was going to be fucking uh, Ash, but it turned out to be the Terminator. Mm-hmm. Was it supposed to be Ash? Everyone thought it was going to be Ash because they, they're swearing up and down I, the road, like, oh, it's going to be I Ash. I thought we and, talked about being the Terminator at one point, but... Yeah, I I kept hearing Ash, and then it turns out it was... We can. We, we totally can. Fucking, Apparently, that's, like, one of the top-selling games in the world right now, too, all of a sudden. Like, it's been on a steady, murderous increase since its launch. Like, I think it's it's dethroned Hmm. a bunch of games no one thought would get thrown this soon, and it's fucking Mortal Kombat 11 that did it. Like, that game in the background's been, like, secretly murdering its way across the board. And and I was actually talking about this today with somebody, and, but, like, I, I had been really missing the sort of the the real sort of strategic gameplay and fighting games that kind of went away essentially like whenever guilty gear like guilty gear came out it was just like everybody just arxis changed everything with the guilty with the newer guilty gear series and so everything started to be super cancels and like ridiculously long combos and it's just like you make a mistake you die type of thing instead of like more strategic style and the thing is, and Mortal Kombat revamps itself completely and comes up and it's just like, hey, strategic gameplay again. And well, yeah, I, I, well, a different style of strategic gameplay that's not based so heavily around just knowing insane, insanely long combos and just guard cancels and super cancels and everything cancels and air dashes and it's it just feels more paced in a certain sense like the gameplay it's still fast it's not like it's slow but there's a different feel completely different feel to it and i've I've been appreciating that and i'm glad to see that it's getting a lot of that the series in general is getting a lot of like definitely a lot of love yeah because my favorite series my previous favorite series king of fighters went all arxis on me and so yeah but anyway not a fan of the Arxis, huh? Um, the thing is, I was, like, alright, so I was, like, ranked in, in Guilty Gear X. But beyond that, it just started to get, re- like, with Blaze Blue, it just started to get ridiculous. And it's just... It got too uh, anime for you? Well, it just got to, like I said, a certain style of play that just everything is, seemed to be copying. And then, yeah, Mortal Kombat comes on and just says, no, nah, we're gonna go to a different style of you know and with the other you know like with the you know the dc fighting game you know uh you know same thing same type of feel for the uh uh, injustice yeah you know same type of feel where there's a different type of strategy going on but Mm -hmm. yeah i we'll see what happens like there's a bunch of new fighting games coming out i'm not sure if we talked about it fully or not um uh, Epic, not Epic, Riot has the, they're officially kicking off that fighting game they bought, all assumptions being it's going to be some type of 
Riot character-based fighting game, which wouldn't be a bad thing. But, mm. yeah. It'd be cool. Yeah. So... I in kind of weirder news out of Gamescom, I guess. Like, we got our first look at the Avengers game, which has been mm. a little bit lambasted online for a little bit. We got to see some RTX stuff and some NVIDIA stuff. Uh, Alex, you're deep in the... Uh, the, the AMD hole. How do you feel about not having ray tracing tech yet? Um, don't Fair. care. Yep. I don't think there's a lot of games out there that really could. There take aren't, ray but it was brought up a bunch and kind of some of the analysis is out of uh, Gamescom this year. Yeah, I mean. Oh no, I, sure. I'm with you on this one. Like, I'm not until someone shows me a game that really uses ray tracing in a meaningful way. Like, the only real reference I have is when someone put a side-by-side -side of ray tracing for uh, Metro, and like, yeah, it looks better, but also if you had told me that was ray tracing on the previous one, I'd been like, okay, cool, yeah, the lighting for that game is great. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, it's just, it just models more realistic lighting, yeah. and that's it, really. It just models, instead of having, and, and, you know, I'll say this, you know, coming from the dev side of it, it's like, the, the normal thing that we've been doing to do graphics and to do shadows and light is cheating. There's cheating going on. Like, yeah. we give surfaces their own glow, in a sense. <laughs> the surface, mm -hmm. like, like objects essentially radiate a bit of their own light, but it doesn't affect any other objects. So, that is, like, you have a red ball sitting there, and the type of lighting you might put on it, or the light, like, internal lighting of a sort, or, like, self-lighting. Yeah makes it so that you can see the red without having a light shining on it yeah. necessarily, but the red doesn't necessarily affect anything else in its vicinity. Like not not the not the not that particular type of lighting anyway. But with ray tracing we kinda get realistic lighting all around. But yeah, I don't see it being used like yeah, I mean strat like for a, a stealth types games. Sure. I mean that's stealthing I can see it useful there. Yeah. Is it make it really look cool to have super realistic shadows and stuff? But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm at a eh, yeah. <laughs> as far as necessity goes, yeah, we'll definitely see. Yeah, I I all right. So one thing that I thought was pretty cool at Gamescom is, uh, well, the, it actually opened up with Nintendo's sort of yeah, indie. they had a giant kind of indie showcase, which. Yeah, which is cool. I suspect I mean, I like you the support and I feel of... differently about this one. Um, I like the support for indie on Switch. I, I mean, I like that too. I am getting it's a good it. It's a good niche to get into because a lot of these games aren't going to be as demanding and won't require a super powered PS4 to play. I mean, they'll work really well on the Switch. Sure, I guess I'm increasingly getting annoyed with this whole song and dance routine we have of like. Look at these indie games that have been out for two years everywhere else. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some new titles that were that were that were definitely like introduced here, but yeah, I'd say about a quarter of them are just games that have already been on other systems for quite a while now. Yeah, and I, it's cool they're getting second lives in a more portable setting and stuff like like I I'm not knocking the transition. It's everyone's reaction like, oh my god, did you see these indie games? Yeah. Two years ago when they launched. No, these are new. You don't know about Super Hut. I have videos of me and Alex playing Super Hut. It came out when the around the same time the first John Wick movie came to home, like rental services and stuff. Because 
Alex was upset. It didn't come out that long ago. Yes, yes, it did. Ow. But uh, one of the newer ones that I'm hype about, Cat Quest Two, Get has them been cats. announced because it's it's a new game. That's actually a new game, yeah. and it's and, but it, we we see that it's also going to be on the Switch. Yep. It's cats. I like cats. It's I like animals in general. There's dogs in the game too. So um, it's, it's not, not just Cat Quest. It's more home animal cats. Quest. Yeah, it's cats, and also there's other other, <laughs> yeah, other uh, animals too. But yeah, I mean, there's there's some neat stuff in there. Like, um, we're getting a Hotline yeah, Miami one... collection. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, Devolver Digital. It, yeah, we've we've spoken about our sort of love for Devolver Digital as a, as devs. But yeah, it's cool to see the collection being brought to the Switch. It's there again. It's the type of game that. Would work really well in the Switch. Yeah. It's a top-down shooter. I mean, it's fun, super yeah. fun. I really like. I really enjoyed playing playing through that game. It works great on my um PSP. Yep. My Vita, sorry, not my PSP. Not just. But yeah, some of these definitely look like some cool titles. Yeah, like, I've, I'm not trying to knock them as though they're bad. It's just uh, I've... the the tourist looks fun. Um, it's just yeah, it's it's kind of hard to describe to what it'll. It is. It, all right. So there's something about it that reminds me of Shenmue. And that is, it seems like you're there to solve a mystery, but you could also waste your time doing dumb yes, stuff. Yes, remind me, there's also a shit ton of Shenmue 3 footage out of Gamescom. Yep, we also got that actual Shenmue 3 footage happening on a PC. So that's, that's interesting. I don't, I mean, and that's the thing. I'm not even sure if. You know, but even being a Sega fan, how interested I am in getting the third one. It would be nice to see the story wrapped up. That's what really everybody wanted because sure. it's it's very purposely left super wide open. Like from Shenmue Two, it's like there's gonna be a like this obviously has not been a resolved story, not even the slightest. So. Yeah, and I, I guess part of me is always goes to the argument that people that are like, man, Shenmue needs to make a comeback, have not played Shenmue since Shenmue came out. Mm. And and hopefully that and this is one thing I do hope happens is they roll in all of the well, newer advances that have made games more fun. We've had, yeah, because that's that was honestly and to kind of kick uh, kick another game kind of in the face. Uh, ukulele suffered from not the first one, not having any real improvements. In you know over that style of gameplay into de- decades. You asked for Banjo Kazooie, we brought you Banjo Kazooie. Oh, we expected modernization. <laughs> no, nope. Just just the graphics look better. That's literally it. And we left in all the dumb stuff that really wasn't super fun even back then. So yeah, two decades of advances or three decades even of advances, but two at least two decades of advances. Yeah, we did nothing. <laughs> but yeah, they uh. Yeah, so I, I hope that, yeah, that with Shenmue, we do see them actually, like, remember that, hey, we're actually in a new era of gaming. <laughs> things things have happened since then. Yeah, they Don't put make the same game. I mean, for instance, like, you know, I, I look at Bloodstained, and yeah, they've it's it's not just Soten. It's actually utilizing things that we've found since Soten came out. Or even the other, you know, the other 3D, like the 3DS games, like the 3DS Castlevania games, like, because we've been advancing all this time, it's not like, yeah, it, 
put in new stuff, make the gameplay more fun, and they look, and that's hopefully, yeah, they they take that into account when as as they continue to develop Shenmue Three. Yeah, yeah, there's things about that game where which were really clunky, yeah. and it's just like I would not be sad to see those go away. No. Are we looking for some sailors, guys? That's the question we have to answer right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, there's a probably, long list of games from Nintendo. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I don't think it's worth going over all of them, but the time, yeah. But yeah, there, there's a lot of them worth worth taking a look at the list and seeing because there's definitely some unique and interesting stuff coming out. So, so I'm not sure if it was part of Gamescom or just kind of happened con- uh, in the same time frame. We have some Dead by Daylight news. Yeah. Which I thought was the Stranger cool. Things expansion for that game is indeed real. Yeah, and it looks awesome. I am so hyped for that. I love Dead by Daylight. I'm a huge fan yeah. of that game. But Nancy Wheeler oh, and yeah. Steve Harrington, you know, Steve, the guy with the baseball bat and the ice cream shop job, are coming yep. as survivors. The Demogorgon is coming as a killer. Yep. And mm-hmm. so I'm interested. You're also getting a level. I'm, yes, yeah, getting an indoor level, level, level. pretty cool. Yeah, and so I'm excited about that. I think it's it thematically it works extremely well. Thematically, it, it, as by, things get chased by things, so yeah, of course it works. But just even the fact that you know there's sort of a an, an another world aspect yeah. that's already in Stranger Things, and that's literally what Dead by Daylight yeah. is. It's another world. It's and so that aspect's already there. So it's like, yeah, you go into the sort of the upside down. It's yeah, maybe the upside down is just also a part of the Dead by Daylight world, and that's. I told you I started playing Dead by Daylight some, right? Yes. Yeah, I. Blood Garden got and, me into that game. But I'm really interested to see what they do with uh, what the perks are going to be, what the what the abilities and perks are going to be for I, all the new characters. I don't fully understand them because I still don't fully get that game, but the general fan community reaction has been that they're going to give the survivors more combat options. I guess. Which they've been asking for. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't really care for that. I like I, right now. It's just fun to if you're good at just like running, running the jungle gyms area. Well, they call it sort of the jungle gym areas of maps, and running a a a killer around those yeah. effectively. That is extremely satisfying because that's a skill thing. Because I mean, that's the thing. It's like the killer has. If fat run just moves faster than you, they're just faster than you. That's just a, all of them are, and so being able to effectively run them in like not necess- not it can't be in circles because there's already abilities that prevent that from happening. But to just running intelligently away from the killer, yeah, there's too much combat. It's just that takes away from that. I don't think it's combat combat. Like I don't think I'm gonna make them less powerful, but like. What is the concept of face camping? It, that seems to pop up a lot. All right, so that just means when the when the killer this. hooks when the killer hooks you, they just stand right there and defend you so that you die on the hook. Sure. So that nobody can unhook you. That's face camping, and it's honestly not effective, even at mid level. It just means that everybody else is going to get all the all the generators yeah. done while you're sitting there face camping one character. So it's yeah, it's not that super effective to be honest, but it it's just kind of seen as a jerk thing to do. Sure. S- same thing as and it's along the idea of what's also called tunneling, where you yep. just fo- 
focus on one survivor in particular and just go after them the whole time. And yeah, there again, it's it's not even effective as a jerk thing to do. And that's the thing, the game mechanics really push you towards gameplay that's more interesting. Yeah. And I think that's like, and you know, instead of trying to, uh, yeah, and I like the fact that they put in even more about, you know, being that teamwork is a thing you should definitely take part in yeah. that that it actually helps you a lot it'll give you a lot more points in a, of experience too if you actually take the time to help other characters intelligently and to take hits for them and whatnot but yeah um i think yeah i'm super excited to see what perks they'll they'll develop yeah. for those two characters um for uh <laughs> for babysitter steve uh mother steve i think so long as he has the uh ice cream parlor outfit, people will be happy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, and he has a very satisfying character arc in Stranger Things, I just have to say. But, um, Moving on from Steve? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, just a very satisfying character arc. But, yeah, I want to see, I, I imagine his abilities are going to be around the fact that he is, like, at heart, like, a super caring person, a super compassionate and caring person so yeah i yeah i want to and nancy is just very courageous like a like a, like immensely super heroic so i, I want to see how both of those transfer as perks yeah. kind of those those stronger character qualities but yeah that's we're gonna try and bounce <laughs> around some because we have sad news this week and we have ridiculous news this week and we have yeah kind of fun news i guess we're gonna do one of our why moments uh ion fury you remember ion fury that game that got in trouble for being called ion um, ion maiden and from the makers of duke nukem and all that jazz well apparently that game was full of a whole just slew of homophobic and racist and just not great jokes which initially when i saw this my reaction was of course it is it's made by the people that made duke nukem but yeah, it, it extends beyond that. Like the, the apology for it's been sincere, and I have not played the game. I don't think any of us have. But apparently, it's prolific enough in game that they are actively patching a lot of that game out. Yeah, as well as I mean, what really brought this to light again was the fact that several of the devs, based during a stream, were also making really yeah. awful homophobic and transphobic jokes. It's just like, ugh. Why it's and you know even when you could get away get away with that sort of thing you shouldn't have been able to yeah and and you're way less able to now I, it, and that's it was kind thing. of like the joke I, I I know Alex played Duke Nukem Forever did you play Duke Nukem Forever Henry no but I played the previous the first Duke Nukem 3Ds that came out so yeah yeah I, I, Alex backed me up on this one but like the the writing and humor of Duke Nukem Forever was very much like man. This would have been on point like five, ten, maybe fifteen years ago, back when we were a shittier culture. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was always the shitty yeah, character. But they, like that's what it wasn't is. self-aware enough. Now, like you can have that same yeah, character, no. but they have to kind of be like you. You have to counterbalance with like the knowledge. Like it was like, no, no, we're playing this character straight. It's like, yeah, this is ridiculous that you're trying to play this character straight. Like this is not. Mm-hmm. This is bad. Like this makes the game worse somehow, and it's a bad game. Yep. So got that statue, Alex? Uh yeah, I do. 
looks at you from your bed. Yep. I need to put it back where my stream setup is, so it <laughs> reminds me. Like, Shame. Yep. Never ever pre-order. <laughs> uh, kind of semi-related to that, we're going to jump to. Uh, so we've talked about it on a numerous podcasts by now. Uh, the uh, riot settlement and lawsuit that kind of came out of a whole set of revelations and a Kotaku expose on just the like tragically humorously, a uh, humorously like so toxic work environment they had going on there. Like I think it was either one one of you two made the joke where it's like it's one thing to have a shitty work environment, but like the fact that like sack tapping was a normal thing that happened there from one oh, of the like, executive officers was a, was, was a thing. It was like, how the fuck does this even happen anymore? Like, this is like, this is a thing you grow out of in high school. Like one, one of you had a great yeah. rant about that. Yeah. I mean, for, I mean, it's like, I have to say straight up and I have to repeat this. If you would have pulled, if anybody would have pulled that on me, they would get an actual punch in the face. I don't care what your position is in the company. Yeah, you don't freaking do that to me, period. And you don't do that to other people. That is so completely, completely inappropriate for anybody of any age, let alone grown-ass men in a company. It's like, no, no. You, you don't get to use your position to bully me around and for that sort of nonsense. Yeah, no. Like, yeah, you would have straight up gotten an actual punch in the face for me for for that. Like, you don't do that to people. I, I, yeah, I did that to people when I was in fucking junior high, but I was yeah, also it, a, a typical junior high idiot. Boy, I mean, that's, yeah. and so, I don't look back on that with fondness. Yeah. That was not the part of my childhood that I'm proud of. Most people aren't, no. I, but yeah, so to put this one in context, this whole thing kind of kicked off November of last year. It and it, it kind of spanned the board for kind of corporate issues. It was equal pay stuff. It was mm -hmm. that Riot had a bizarre tradition of just kind of disappearing employees that were outspoken about certain parts they found not desirable. Like it evolved into yep. a whole con a, a whole situation involving forced arbitration as opposed to legal actions. I it, it snowballed in ways that could not have been foreseen at its start. Like I, 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 I pinnacle moments of this was there was like 150 employee walkout from Riot. I. It, it, I'm not sure I ever thought like Riot was gonna go down as part of this whole thing, but like the fact yeah. that they have recovered or didn't seem to kind of suffer as many part, I was surprised by. Uh, but mm -hmm. apparently, we're now we are signaling this as over. I guess I not really. I mean, not at, not at, not at all. Like it, to put in perspective, it's an ongoing process. Yeah. There, I mean. You know, just from the reports we see emanating out of it, yes, there's there's a process going there. There's of course pushback, which you got to expect. Uh, but the CEO, are, the um, thing was seems CEO, like they are actually, CFO? from all reports coming out of it, they are actually actually trying to deal with it internally and not just just lip service. Yeah. But what, you know, that remains to be seen. It's been so. It has. I mean, well, like, it's been a little while now, but it takes a long time to change. Well, and probably the most culture. kind of disheartening part of this whole thing is the fact that the guy that was the kind of center of a lot of the problems that were cited as kind of his fault and problems with riot culture overall is still a riot employee. Yep, he's still there. Yeah. And that alone would probably would have made me jump ship, to be honest. Yeah. Um,. But you know what? Not everybody can afford to just drop their job. That's, which is, by the way, why we need 
uh, unions. I, yeah. So, well, so uh, in many ways, the most disturbing thing to come out of this whole kind of mission over thing is the fact that Riot refers to its employees as rioters. Yeah. That seems kind of tone deaf and not self-aware at all. Yep. Uh, but some good, but yeah. good some good did come out of this. You can opt out of forced arbitration as part of your hiring. It remains yep. to be seen what that will do to you long term, kind of thing. Uh, it's yep. This is obviously not the end of it. I think this is kind of the. We will be hearing more. Like one of the two major lawsuits filed against Riot is still ongoing. This kind of was part of the first major one being settled, and it was settled. It didn't yep. get ended. It got settled, meaning people came to terms outside of court, kind of thing. Like I. There's a lot of confusion yeah. on the concept of settling. Like, often, very frequently settling is done when the accused party realizes that yeah, you know, winning it's yeah. not worth their time, or that maybe winning it will not happen. Oh, yeah. oh and in this case, they're going to lose. Yeah. They just know they're going to lose. And I think the only reason why the, the plaintiff's lawyers didn't just push on with is because, probably because the plaintiffs didn't feel like actually using that much I mean, time and money yeah. to go to court on this, even though they would have won. It, a we don't know that deep, though. Like, shit's pretty fucked up in the U.S. legal but system. The, but the right deep now. coffers that Riot has yeah. meant that they would have been able to drag this lawsuit on. And I think which that's is unfortunate. The more that yeah, which is unfortunate, and that's the crappy part of it. I think that's why they went for the settlement ultimately because they didn't want to be dragged into litigation with somebody with infinite coffers of money. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Let's I talk mean... about China for a second, or China slash Tencent, or slash Steam, yep. I currently. Um, yeah, this this week in Tencent news. No, no, we're not doing Tencent news yet. We're going to start off with okay. um, how Steam <laughs> is totally better than Epic Games because they're in no way involved in China. Uh, uh, so it came out this week that uh, Steam will be allowed to operate in uh, China, I think it has been for a little bit, but the Steam yeah. there is and will be exceedingly heavily curated. It's going to be a separate, essentially be kept completely separate. Yeah. It's going to be dealt with. It's it's a, it's practically a separate client. And so, yeah, it's just going to be, as you'd expect, extremely heavily curated. Although I will say this, the Steam China logo looks pretty cool. That's not something I have to say yeah. about this. Like, it's this yeah. is undeniably kind of shitty. This is kind of like the Google working with censorship companies. And like, fuck, did you hear about how, Um, I guess the company that built the Chinese censorship system is investing yep. heavily in Reddit? Yep. Yeah. So, yep, that's that's the thing. But I mean, that was going to happen there again. It's like, if you choose to do business in China... You have to follow their rules well, and their laws. So I, I and their and their laws happen to be a lot stricter and a lot tighter so than I, most. I, I want to kind of drag Alex in on this one because as our resident hardline uh, Steam loyalist, uh, how does this <laughs> make you feel, Alex? <laughs> uh, is it affecting my Steam library and what I do? No, here? but it's a direct uh, relation between Steam and the Chinese government. Mm. So it's going to happen on either platform. Epic is owned there by... There we go. Epic owned by a huge it's chunk. There we go. By anyone, so, it's invested yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. So, meh. But yeah, it's... That, that was the... But there again, it's like... For. Yeah, so that's the... It's like, no crap, somebody's going to want access to the billion people that are in China. 
I, mean, I personally would love if we curated the current Steam a little bit more. Put <laughs> yeah. all the porn games off on a different version of Steam. Please. So, hilariously, <laughs> and this is just a side thing to that, um, the porn games are like some of the top selling yes, games right now on Steam. Yes, and that drives me up a goddamn wall. That's Let people buy their I, porno games. That is fine. I think it's kind of disingenuous <laughs> to compare a game that costs like five, ten dollars with a game that costs more in the same like top seller category. Like it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's like okay, yeah, I get it. Like it's sold more, but also it was five dollars and installed the Bitcoin mining program on your computer. They made that money <laughs> up. The thing that happened, by the way. I, I, I look forward to buying the next Uwu simulator. <laughs> That'll be fun. To Plex no, Storm. They, like, <laughs> Like honestly, they sh- like I'm gonna run with the suggestion. They should take all the porno games and make a separate Steam application or market you can buy them on. You wouldn't even have to try too hard. You can call it Steamy, and that's <laughs> it. You're Bath done. House? Well, well, the interesting thing about it is, you know, because you know Steam is curated to some extent. Not anymore, that, really. Like, like, well, no, the games still have to have sort of a extra downloadable content thing to unlock the actual No, they got they did, they did away with that. That's no longer No, a that's thing. nope, that's still up. That some of the games can have that patch on the Steam store and the Steam Workshop okay, maybe that's to a certain extent. But they can't but a lot of them can't. And it depends on just how steamy they are. But yeah, some hey. But yeah, some of the loot content is you just you have to actually download something separately on an on the devs' website, not on, and it's not available. Hey, kid, Steam. kid, I hear about this five dollar game. Come to our site next for thirty five dollars. Get the game yep. you actually want. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, it's it's one of the reasons why <clears throat> I my install of like Lady Killer and Bind is is the install that's from uh that I got off of uh, good old games. What's Gog's yeah. perspective on this? Um, Gog's like, you want to sell fucking Uwu Simulator? Let's. What go. is with you and Uwu Simulator, Alex? I don't know. I just started following the rabbit hole of Uwu yeah. this past week, <laughs> and it's how do you terrifying. spell this Uwu? <laughs> how do you U W U U W U? It's it's kind of like makes a face. Of I, sort. Yes, now that I've typed it out, I I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen that. I've never read it as Uwu. I read it as neckbeard eyes. Neckbeard That's the neckbeard eyes. logo, as far as I know. <laughs> oh no! You should look up Uwu copy pasta nope. at some point. Uh, and the, the simple no, fact we're talking about it in this context implies I definitely don't ever want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned. I've been on the internet. Man, you should totally check this site out. The fact we're telling me I need to check this out means I definitely do not. Yep. You definitely. You should be sad. Hentai Foundry's gone. No, no, I don't. Ooh, ooh, Charlie Senpai. No. <laughs> well, now that we've delved into that idiocy. Tencent, we got your Tencent <laughs> weekly update. Uh, as our official Tencent reporter at Henry, what do you got for us on Tencent this week? What are they up well, to? What nefarious... Well, have bi- they taken over everything Have they invaded Alex's like, house? Like, very, very, like, savvy moves by Tencent. I mean... And there again, if you want to make money in China, 
it's going to be easier to just partner partner up with a company that's already well aware of all of the laws and standards that you you know the heavy heavy laws and standards that you have to deal with in doing business in China. But yeah, now Razer is partnering up, and specifically the cloud services. They they are looking to work together in cloud services, but also um, they'll also be selling more of Razer's software and hardware products in China. So, yeah, there again, clever move for Razer to yeah. partner up with a company that's already doing these things in Taking China. Taking a step back from our inherent gamer outrage at Tencent, a large gaming company, doing deals with other large-ish gaming companies to expand yeah. their market holdings. Wait, that's normal business. Never mind. I... Yeah. It's a smart move. Like it is them just bringing. It's like I can't. I can't company. argue with it in a money sense. Yeah, on you know there again on the ethical sense of you know how, you know how heavily censored China's market is and how heavily, just extremely heavy-handed regulation there is. It's like I can't really argue against a company that wants to do business there. I mean, and if they want to do business, it's like, yeah, I guess you go into business with Tencent. It seems like they're the place to go. And it's, yeah, Tencent is getting huge. They are a major, they have become, just in the past year, a far even more major player than they have been in the past. And so that's, that's it's been interesting watching the rise of Tencent as a company. Th- I'll say that. I think it's not so much the rise as it's like the public emergence of it. I think we all became more aware of Tencent during that whole Tencent, uh, what was it, Viacom thing going on at Ubisoft, where for a long chunk of time it looked like Ubisoft was going to get bought out and Tencent was sitting there being like, yeah, you know, we could also mm. buy Ubisoft, right? Yeah. But that's been your Tencent update, if you will. <laughs> Moving on from that, uh, this comes to kind of no big shocker to anyone who's been following certain digital trends lately, specifically technological trends. But remember back when you could control your Xbox via voice chat from the Kinect? Yeah, I remember the the Aaron Paul here's the Aaron Paul commercial that kept <laughs> turning people's Xboxes on and off. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty fucking well. Hilarious. So yeah. it turns out that like many of those listening devices, and I'm gonna call them listening devices because that's what they are. Uh, like your Alex, like um, your Alexa or your um, your Siri or your um, Cortana in your computer. Turns out, real people were listening to that, and normally that's handled by some type of internal company. So it's only Amazon or Apple or Google employees listening to that thing. But in this case, apparently, it was contractors with some frequency. And uh, to be fair, the goal of this was to help refine the kind of machine learning aspects of it, and it's essentially spell-checking or listening-checking in this case for it. The issue is that they were not super good about disclosing this, and what do Xboxes have that maybe the other don't have quite as exclusively? Access to kids! Yeah. So that's the part that's... mm, That's illegal. That's so, really illegal. It goes beyond illegal. So those of you who are big fans of the show, um, Silicon Valley, or do you kind of maybe know where this story is going? But in, I think it's not just California. I think it's like state, countrywide, right? Mm. The COPA laws? Yeah. So yes. 
They are. They are. We have a set of laws in the U.S. that strictly prohibit uh, essentially kind of engagement with minors and digital platforms without and the collection ability. collection of data. Yeah, is a big one. I mean, that's the thing you have to like the COPA laws are even on like schools. I yeah. mean, there again, I've been a teacher in, in in a college, and so we had to abide by that. It's like we can't keep that information of minors. Yeah. You you can't. Period. So and you, you have. But and anyway, a bigger part of it is it requires the ability for parents to veto or approve kind of access, essentially. Like it's yes, it, it, it's it's all about approvals, and there weren't approvals given for this. It just kind of nope happened, and it's not quite clear how this is going to shake out. Yeah, because that is straight up illegal. Yeah. I mean, not only is it unethical, I mean, but it's also actually super illegal under copa the it's c-o-p-p-a copa laws and so and yeah kind of to rewind back specifically to the xbox aspect of this uh for those who weren't following this at the time the connect voice commands were unbelievably glitchy so glitchy that i think it was that inside gaming had a like year running bit where every episode they tried to get their xbox turned on by yelling xbox on at it on it at the start of each Mm -hmm. episode and it never worked but they yeah. would also say that the word Xbox on it random through it. It would suddenly click itself on. Like it was it was an ongoing thing. So apparently enough words sound enough like Xbox on that a lot of very private information got given to contractors courtesy mm-hmm. of mistriggers of the system. Yep. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Yep. According to the to the Vice article on this, the Vice doing some there again, some fantastic journalism yep. on this. The majority of the activations they listened in on were of were of minors, yeah. of children. Uh, uh, yikes! Oh boy! Yikes! Yeah. Time to go sledgehammer my fucking connect. Do you even have yep. a connect? This, is, this. No. This is why I don't have <laughs> have an Alexa or any of that I, stuff. Yeah, like it's. I just have my I just have my cell phone, which I'm pretty sure listens in on my. Well, sure. Stuff, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure my, the FBI agent assigned to my recording is probably bored. Because <laughs> it's mostly wow shit I talk about. Yep. God, he's and talking it's... about rest shamans again? The idiot. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what it's like. So, Yeah, I, I only bring this one up because uh, this one's kind of only important to me because in the process of getting some of my house fixed, I talked to a bunch of electricians who in a couple instances weren't aware of the kind of omni-listing aspects of the Alexas, the Connects, the I'm sure Facebook mm-hmm. has some version of it by now. And I, I, I've had some conversations lately with people that, like, again, like I say this phrase every couple of episodes, it seems, these days. Like, if you're listening to this podcast, you are probably more informed and tapped into tech news and tech topics like this than the majority of people out there. Yeah. And as a result, you kind of approach it with like, oh, if you're bringing an Alexa or whatever into your home, you know what this is and you bought it intentionally. Yes. The electrician who was trying to upsell me on like, hey, are you looking to like get network set up in your house for Alexa? Did not know that the Alexa he had in his living room and the one he had in his office were technically always listening to him. And yep. hypothetically have recorded everything that was said in his radiancy. Like when the appropriate radius of it. Yep. Like it, They're always on. Yeah, it's one of those things where like, that was shocking news to him. 
and a lot of people don't realize that like additionally like the fact the reason they can like seem to hear through walls they do because they're using laser microphones yeah. and uh, if you can look that up you can actually make your own laser yeah, microphone crazy. fairly easily like but, never wondered how you yeah, it's, like those weird devices they use in like spy movies to listen through windows and shit that's real tech yeah and that's being used by alexa that's that's just a part of the system yeah. it uses a couple of laser light lasers stemming out that are laser microphones. So it's going to hear everything. That's why I don't own one. I like to know about technologies before I dive in on them. Yeah. Yeah, and like, like I said, if, was, if you're on or listening to or aware of this podcast, you are probably more aware of this stuff. But like if you have a parent or a friend, I, I kind of cautiously say make sure they're aware of what they're doing because in my experience yes. a lot of people just assume it's like oh no it only starts listening when you say hey alexa or xbox on or cortana like it's it's triggered right no it's it's listening to that all of the goddamn time which means it's yeah. listening all of the goddamn time it just responds yep. to that command initially yes and from that we have our we're moving to our last sad piece of news this week before we go to our kind of fun, uplifty things at the end uh, level you out. Uh, GameStop, you know GameStop, that store that sells video games and is the buy, is the bane and raises the bile of most gamers out there. Well, they laid off um, over 100 people recently, equaling roughly half of Game Informer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those who don't know what Game Informer is, it's a magazine and you're young. Uh, game Informer is one of, if not the only, game like published gaming magazines left in the U.S. If you um, it can be subscribed to separately. There's a digital version of it as well, but it kind of came as part of that uh, GameStop level up, power up program kind of thing. I had it for years. I have fond memories of it. Like it's, it was a good magazine. Like in an era of dying magazines, they still managed to keep themselves surprisingly relevant, surprisingly useful kind of thing. Mm. Um. But, yeah, like kind of I've, a lot of people have been out there kind of re reacting to this. It was a pretty cold and unceremonious firing with no warning uh, from lots of previous Game Informer employees. They're like, yeah, no, this this tracks. This sounds about right. Like, this is how we all expect it to go down, ultimately. That sucks, but, yeah. Uh, if you're curious kind of why this is happening, remember that GameStop is attempting to rebrand or reboot or transition into kind of an eSports arena thing and a monthly magazine subscription probably doesn't fit into that as well as many might like to and also the company's struggling and they've got this print media thing going on yep yeah maybe we'll see something cool come out of it like there's lots of like, it kind of separate from their unfortunate attachment to GameStop Game Informer's always been kind of cool. Like I, I've liked the stuff they've done. Some cool personalities have come out of it. Like they've always been a good gaming magazine. They've gotten some flack over the years for being corporately linked, but they've always managed to kind of keep, I guess, what I think of as the game stockiness out of Game Informer, which I've always mm. given points mm. for. I, I I have fond memories of this one. I'm not sure how much you two were attached to it. Yep. Alex, you've been PC forever. You probably are like, what's a game store? <sighs> <laughs> Well, no, I used to go to game stores here and there. Um, actually, we'll probably still frequent some GameStop because they technically did absorb Thinky. Oh, right. You need your, your fungus. Yep. closed their web store. Yep. Yeah. 
sell. There's no web store, which is like a Sears playbook for them to not go online and just kind of do yeah. brick shops. It's a real good idea. You can go ahead and talk to Sears about how that worked out. Yep, shop. and Blockbuster. Yep. Good fucking move. Solid. Appreciate that. We call this a pro-gamer uh, strategy. Although, <laughs> although, we do have a ThinkGeek store here in Portland, so huh. that's odd. Like an actual hmm. brick and mortar thinking. Wonder how long hmm. that'll last. Although I don't know if yeah, it's I'm... still there. No. <laughs> it is now an EB game. It's the only EB yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't think I don't think GameStop's gonna do much, well, I... much longer. They're they're kind of holding. I, I think the right best now. joke I've seen about GameStop recently was with Walmart saying like, amongst all that bullshit confusion we had of Walmart being like we're not selling buying video games anymore, it was like. GameStop being like, yo, we got your M-rated games right here. You want some GTA? We got GTA, motherfuckers. Come on in, kids. <laughs> yeah. Please. Hello, fellow edge lords. Yeah. Yeah. It seems I, I I am curious as and I haven't seen too many numbers of this how the whole pre-order thing, how that's still holding up as sort of their main. That was really what they were making a lot of their money on was pre-order. No, they were making most of their money through resell. Oh, oh yeah. They were, the, well, they, they were the ones that kind of brought right, the yeah. idea of used games to their knees, unfortunately. That's true. Yep. Like pre sales were one thing. It was the like you can buy this game new or for eight dollars less, you can buy a used version of the exact same game that we make yep. all the money off of. What do you mean everyone's yep. going digital? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moving on to that, to kind of happier news. Uh, Sony has officially bought Insomniac Games. Uh, Insomniac Games of that Spider-Man game that apparently did real well for itself, fame. Uh, it, oh, yeah. It makes sense. Super like, so game. much so that when I heard this, my brain went, huh, I thought they were already part of Sony, but... Yeah, because they're they're pretty much only making Sony exclusives, or PS, you know, PS4 exclusives, yeah. and PS3 and 4 exclusives. Yeah. So, yeah. It's... I want to say it's a big get, but also like it's like we just said. I, 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 except for Sunset Overdrive, it's been mostly PlayStation games for a long time. Like they're they're the Ratchet and Clank yep. people. They did the Spyro. I think they did the remakes. No, maybe this is the original ones. They did Resistance. I, maybe this is finally how we get more games in the Resistance franchise. Please no. But yeah, our last but not news of this week is probably. My favorite dumb news we've had on this podcast in a long time. Have you seen the sketch drawings of what the PS5 might look like? It's it's a thing. It's got fucking sweet-ass cyberpunk vents on it. Uh, Alex, <laughs> I need you to navigate to this website to react to it, because I suspect you'll have the best reaction. Because this thing is nothing short of like a hot rod in video game console form. It looks like it, what, what would happen if somebody just said uh, synthwave. Yeah. <laughs> that very, yeah. <laughs> so it's not clear if this is a real PS5 or a dev kit, but all signs point to at least some aspect of this being very real. I, just like, I also like the fact that it just looks like pants. It's a V. It's for five, man. <laughs> Can I just say that the, one of the top comments in the tweet fucking on point. It just looks like a fucking Epson. Yeah. I'm kind of <laughs> like, like, so here's the thing. Now that they've shown me this, 
this is what I want the PlayStation 5 to look like. If they're going to make me buy yeah. another PlayStation, as much as I've enjoyed these sleek-ass little lunchbox-style things they've been making for the last couple versions, I want this. I want those vents in chrome. I want the rest of it to be like a high-shine black on it. I want some sick underglow going on in those vents. Like, I, I want true L.A. hot rod bullshit coming off this thing. Oh, I see. I wanted to go in a different. I wanted to go all in on the uh, synthwave look. That's just going to be pink and purple venting and light lights. We and... want the same thing, just in a different color palette. Yeah, basically. I want this thing to glow like it's radioactive when it's on. I I really, really, really wanted to play a synthwave tune. With yeah. <laughs> Like that's where we need to. Yeah. Oh, God, I hope yeah. this is some version of real. Actually, like I, I we don't normally report on this, but it seems real enough. That at least some version of this exists out there. But though it it is also a thing that often the dev kit, if it is just the dev kit, oh, dev, the dev kits kit, are weird looking, looks, man. They look often nothing, nothing like like the actual system because they have to have all sorts of other hardware built into them. But with this super, just I, it's just hmm, I don't know. It's definitely weird. I don't see how the venting's going to be that useful when it looks like it's venting into venting. <laughs> I mean, you've got this ridiculous U-shape in it where the vents are facing each other. So it's just going to be venting into itself. Maybe those are the air intakes. Maybe the outside ones are the vents. Okay, well, that makes... But still, it's like, then they're just... I don't know. No, it man, it uses, looks... it uses um, induction currents to force the air in. You just don't get it. It's like a radiator on a car, except it's not moving. <laughs> I, as someone who hands down has never thought a dev kit looked worse than a console, like I, I love how weird dev kits are. I think the Scorpio yeah. dev kits that were out there, some pictures got out where they had like the frame rate being displayed on a dial on the front of the console. I thought that shit was cool. I, I, so I think this is pretty cool. Like it's got that Fallout Nixie Tube radio feel to it. Mm-hmm. I can only hope it's real. And has this many goddamn vents. <laughs> I that more or less does it for news this week. We kind of covered a couple other things. We talked about ray tracing earlier that we were might have dove into a little bit more here. I don't we did not get any emails this week, so we will hopefully have a couple for next week. I know that Alex is back, I'm sure. People want to ask how the Anthem loading screen was. <laughs> um, so if you, want to, if you wanted to send us an email asking Alex questions about his time at the Anthem loading screen, uh, how would you go about doing that, Alex? Uh, it's very simple. Um, you would go to your email client, and you would type in wickedawesomecast at gmail.com, and assuming the servers are up and running by the time you send your email. I made What's that email again, Henry? That is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Spells it sounds down in the show notes. Set to rock, set to rock. That does it for this week. Uh, anything you guys want to talk about before we get the hell out of here? Um, other than, hey guys, um, I am streaming again because this new rig is pretty cool to stream on. So you can catch me at uh, Twitch, Mixer, YouTube Gaming, and Facebook. YouTube Gaming's gone. Uh, Nope. No, it's gone. I I still stream to you to the. They game. announced they're shutting YouTube. it down, Alex. Dead. 
<laughs> Shut up. It's Leave like it Google alone. Plus. It's not Anthem. Anthem, not yeah, because Anthem. Anthem's still around and has a vibrant fan base. Not, not Anthem. What's it like being on but the? Yeah, you can catch like all of them. The Google Buzz, the streaming platform. Eh. It's all right. I I stream on all of yeah, them, so it doesn't matter at that point. Have you yeah. put Plex Storm <laughs> on there yet? They don't support. Why Plex. the fuck not? I don't know, but I've heard of another one called D Live. I'm gonna what jump is to that D-Live? one too. Fuck it. I don't know. It's another streaming service. Okay. But I'm jumping in on it because Restream has mm-hmm. it. Have you made it? And they also have, says, have you made a vape.tv account yet? Not yet, but coming soon. Vape.tv wow streams. Yeah. And so, yeah, Mave Online across the board on all the streaming platforms. Pick your poison. Twitch Mixer, all of them. Uh, you can also catch me on social media. Mave Online. Has on Mixer Twitter picked up at all since, since uh, Ninja started doing stuff oh, yeah. with it? Oh yeah, there's like eight people on at a time now. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's it's exploded. Fair enough. To be honest. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. which duh is with with Ninja's backing, of course it was going to. Sure. So I, I do have one thing I want to talk to you two about about before we get off the podcast this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry, this won't apply to you because you don't eat meat, but uh, Alex, you owe it <laughs> yourself to uh, go to your local Popeyes and try their new chicken sandwich. You know what? I had somebody even mention that to me the other day. It's real goddamn yeah. good. I I want to, but I also don't want to like, I don't know, walk into some crazy ass scenario where people are going crazy. I remember fucking Szechuan sauce, whatever, and I don't want to be a so part of that different. crowd. This is adults patiently waiting to eat a three dollar chicken sandwich that blows Chick Fil A out of the water. Yep, it's real good. Popeyes has always been the best kind of chicken place around. To be I, honest, they've 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 just sorry, they're just better than KFC. They're better than everything else. Alex, as our resident hype man, I need you to engage in this fad behavior so we can talk <laughs> about it next week. All right, I will go after this podcast. You have an assignment. Go eat that. I recommend the spicy one. They have two. If you can afford both, which you can, because it equals seven dollars, like total. Get both to compare the two. It's a nice ride. It's a good sandwich. Okay. And it shouldn't be. <laughs> but yeah. All right. So for me, I love that even cut... you knew about the fucking. Popeye yeah. I, I I had I had a friend mention it to me. I mean, I just <laughs> just it just kind of came up and it's just like, yeah, the sounds cool. I'm I'm personally not going to be eating it, but it sounds really cool because I just know Popeye says the best chicken, <laughs> but. Yep, but all right. So if you want to catch me on social media, I am Kraken Zero. That's Z E R Zero on Instagram and on Facebook and on Twitch. I am Nomad Har. I'm probably just gonna keep that because that's been my username since like 2000. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's how you can catch me. I am going to. I might try to stream some Genesis stuff this this week, just because I've been kind of getting back into it. But yeah, um, yeah, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> nah, no pressure. <laughs> Do it. All right. So that for this week, yeah, Alex, you've been it. gone. So would would you like the honors? Absolutely. <clears throat> Cue the metal, fucker.